Welcome and you're listening to Geekologist Radio 2.0, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. blank hey it's damien and welcome to geekologist radio 2.0 this week we'll be covering the best highlights from this year's e3 and everything e3 and a little bit little maybe a little bit more but you know it's all e3 guys we don't have a lot to go on this week other than the fact that it's you know a lot more to talk about because we experienced e3 and when e3 happens it's like a gamer's freaking christmas so paradise paradise all that stuff down in la I mean, it was insane. Some of the setups that the that the studios brought out and set up for their visitors and whatnot. But tonight, guys and gals, there's three of us. Nick, what's going on? What's going on, buddy? We have not a special guest. We have a, a member of our team that I've been begging to come back on because I love her so much, and she's here now. So I'm happy about that. Silver, what's going on? Uh, I'm alive, so just, just so everybody knows, I didn't die. <laughs> Yay, yet. you're above the dirt! But I was only tweeting those rumors a little bit, not a lot. I know, but you know what's crazy, though, is that she's been testing out this game, you know, that involves, that we, we her and I got to experience at PAX last year. You've been playing a lot and streaming a lot of uh, Graveyard Keeper. Yes, yes. Making so human fun. sandwiches. <laughs> yes, and then, uh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of human sandwiches. Sometimes I'll just eat it raw. It just depends. I can't wait for that game, honestly, to come out to the Switch and to the uh, to the other consoles. It is I so mean, much fun. It's definitely going to be on Xbox One. I know it is. I saw. <laughs> so, guys, this week, weekly update. We don't really have much for the weekly update. We're going to jump right into game chat, but I wanted to get this out because everything else it revolves around E3. So the one thing that... Yes, Sea of Thieves had a presence at E3. Um, I was going to talk about their thing first because it's also the game that's out right now too. Uh, sea of Thieves Skeleton Thrones event is going on right now. And it's the first startup that goes into weekly events that happen, you know, in between their big releases. And I, one thing that Rare's doing that's is kind of interesting. So inter, uh, Rare put out their teaser trailer which shows at e3 which shows a pirate coming in and i love this that all their their commercials are done with in-game engine animation they come walking in and he drops this crystal ball that tells a dark omen onto one of the order of souls what is the it's a storekeeper it's a storekeeper it's uh uh, she does all the mystical traits. Yeah, I just say gypsy. Damien, I say, you should I say, know the name I know, of this. but I say gypsy, and that's not what it is, because that's a type of person, not an actual, you know, madam, like a madam kind of, you know. Oh, no, that could be something different, too, but hey, pirates need madams. But anyway, <laughs> wenches and all that stuff. Let's get back on, Get so getting back onto what I'm talking about. She picks up, that you know, we see Kravitha again jumps out, Uh Yet to see crabs in the game, but we see Krabitha appear again in this in this trailer. And that's the little crab, if you don't know, that scurries off. 
Now, Meg, Megan has gone away. Megan is the Megalodon. They say that she is coming back, but or to, the Beast has gone away for a while, but she's not the only one of her kind. They're going to redo Tool, her uh, attack and things that went on, so that she mechanics. can... Mechanics. so that she can come back later, or it'll be different versions. So they'll look different, kind of like the different sharks and whatnot. Oh, cool. That will, it was super popular. It though, was. It was extremely it? popular. And it, so it's going to come back. It, it'll it'll okay. come back, but it'll come back as like a, a randomized event. But what they want to do is they want to make it so that one ship can at least have a standing chance. So, because uh, before, yeah, not so much. It'd be really difficult. But the other thing that's going on right now is I thought that Merrick was going to stick around. He didn't stick around. He's gone for the Skeleton Thrones thing, but he was one of the Bilge Rats. The Bilge Rats are now your weekly content thing where they give you these quests and stuff, and you earned a new type of currency. You earned doubloons. The balloons can be spent on whatever is the limited edition cosmetics that come into the game be the weapons, clothing, whatever. Uh, what they do is each week they will provide you with basically half and half. Half the event will be doable solo or with a crew. The other half is you having to find another crew and team up. Now, there's an interesting thing about this. So in the trailer, they show they show their teaser for the next two major updates that are coming out, one of which is called the Cursed Sails. Cursed Sails is going to be an invasion. Sea of Thieves are going to be invaded by undead pirates. Think uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, these pirates are going to also, these dead, undead pirates are going to bring with them cursed cannonballs. Now, with this, you got to take into consideration games like Fortnite and things like that, where they have a bomb called the Boogie Bomb. It causes you to dance. What would happen if you're trying to bail out water and you get hit with the cursed cannonball that makes you start dancing? Well, you're going to dance and you're not going to be able to bail out the water. Your boat's going to fill up with water. These are all things that are going to be physical items that pirates can pick up and equip. We don't know exactly what all the cursed cannonballs are going to do, but the also thing is that we do have to know is that these pirate ships that are going to be bombarding, that are going to come in, the undead pirate ships, shoot cursed cannonballs. So you're going to have to face this. One, it makes your boat heavier, so it sinks down to the second level, where if you have holes that you typically leave in the second level, now you're going to have to make sure you patch all that because if you get hit with those cursed cannonballs, you're gonna it's going to go down and then you're going to start filling up with water super, super quick. Now, the other thing along those lines with all this stuff that's coming out is they show the what they announced as the major land ex- expanse, mm. oh, which yeah. is going to be a whole nother sea and everything, a sea of fire and ash. It's going to be hot lava, all that stuff, and it's, uh, it is a forsaken hellish land. Now, keen eyes, if you're keen eyes in this, they gave away. That's the thing is Joe Neat said that you're going to see a lot of leaks go on during E3, but they're okay leaks. So Mike Chapman goes on and Mike Chapman, when he talks, like you got to listen because he gives, he, he will drop so much information on you and you have to go back and listen. You're like, Oh my God, he said it. Oh my God, he said it. Well, in the video and the pictures and stuff of the cannonball, you see a rowboat. Rowboats are coming to the Sea of Thieves. So now if you are playing as a single player pirate and you try to have a lot of treasure that you need to load up onto the boat, you can load it onto the rowboat, row out to your ship, and then there it is. You can just hop right up the ship, and it's really quick to load up your gear. That was my biggest complaint about the solo mission, so I'm glad they're adding that. It was when I had so much loot. It took me so long to cash it all in and go back and forth. Yeah. It just got tiresome at points. Yeah, and yeah. now there's going to be a rowboat to take care of that. So that's that's a, that's perfect. Let's do yeah. it. And that's coming, as far as we know, the rowboat comes with the... with. Uh, when it comes to the Forsaken Shores. Now, Forsaken Shores 
uh, is also going to be a land-based, basically, mission. You go in, you got you got random volcanoes and stuff that can explode and start spewing lava that will burn your ship, things like that you have to be careful of. But you're going to be going into, like, basically like a dungeon, so to speak, and trying to solve the stuff. Now, this is where a lot of people are theorizing that this is going to be very similar to the Goonies, look for, you know, hunt for uh, one-eyed Willie's gold kind of thing with booby traps. Okay. This is where that one's kind of being taken to is what people think. But... The cursed sails is where you're getting invaded. Now the thing is, is that all along, rare people have been like, "What's rare doing? What are they doing?" All along, rare have been basically, kind of, teaching us how to play their game, if you will, by giving us certain type of mechanics, having us take on Meg the shark and having us, you know, take on the kraken, different things. You know, they give us these different things to try for. Is teaching us things. Well, with this first weekly. Uh, update they have us going in and they have us taking on the skeleton thrones now we thought these were originally we thought these were thrones that the skull lords were going to accompany but no the bilge rats went and built platforms in weird places and they built weird little what they call skeleton thrones some of them are small where you sit down and it's one person and then some magic happens and they know that oh you now got eight doubloons for a single person sit there's five of those and then there's five where you have to sit with someone from another crew these ones are in weird spots that are hard to get to. One of them took me an hour and a half last night with my buddy, uh, Captain Caveman from uh, Uprising. We launched, maybe it was more like an hour and 45 minutes. He was up there the entire time. He got up there real quick. It took me forever to get up there. This is another thing. It's teaching you to team up with other, trust other crews, team up with other crews for the better good. Because these skeleton boats are going to have, are going to be full of loot. They're going to be full of loot in their holes. And it's going to take multiple ships to get on there. Well, the funny thing about this is, is their ships are going to be mobile, so it's going to be hard to be able to latch hold and climb up on top of them. Unless, unless you are really savvy with launching yourself from a cannon. Oh. <laughs> and so. I'm not. I love doing that. <laughs> what this event right now they're doing is teaching you, you know, you're doing all these crazy launches from a cannon to get to these items to sit on. It's teaching you to prepare for the next major attack, the next major invasion, the next update, and how they're do designing their game. And so it's really clever that they're they're doing stuff. They're giving you like a really cool option to be able to buy a really cool hat and really cool jacket that's got bones and stuff on it for doing the event. Or dress that also they have a dress version too. But it's really cool looking. And the other thing it's also about this is all these updates are free. And but they are teaching you how to play the game. And so that's that was something that came out. But the last thing I wanted to touch on on Sea of Thieves is that we are getting a new boat other than the little one. We're getting an in-between, a galleon. We're not getting the Man of War as we thought we were getting. We are getting a brigantine, which has a reinforced hull and is set up for actually, like, taking down... Uh, ramming? Yeah, ramming. It's, it's set up for... It's, ramming into other boats? Ramming into other boats. What's the, so is that going to make it the boat? So if you have a reinforced hull on the on the ship, is it going to make the ship a little bit slower then? So you can we don't the none of us that... none of us know because hmm. it's just the front the front is reinforced for ramming and it's shaped okay. differently and we know that this is going to be a key in the fight against the skeleton uh, ships and stuff like that to put them set them off course so that they start spinning so that they can't you know get a beat on you so we're hmm. it's going to and it's uh, that is a three person boat and a two mass. Is is um, for that one. I like that. So okay. it's gonna be it's gonna really def uh, start to change up what we see in the game. There's more uh, that I'll talk about in comparisons between that and something else later on, 
But with that, uh, Turtle Beach, right, man? Turtle Beach came out with announced two new headsets. Yeah, it's kind of the only hardware that was really announced at E3. Now, we're going to talk about another piece of hardware that's rumored to be coming out. And we also know that the PlayStation announced that about 2020 is when the end of the line for PS4 and kind of the, the, the transfer to PS5 is going to happen or whatever it's going to be, PS4 Pro Plus Plus golden edition you know apocalypse something <laughs> crazy they'll just say platinum to fold themselves <laughs> something yeah but obviously they're going to keep coming out with consoles more and more because they can make money but hopefully that changes and maybe we have more information on that but yeah turtle beach headset for basically they're kind of marketing them towards the battle royale games and actually turtle beaches came out and said that fortnite itself has actually made the purchasing of of headset popular again because people want to hear the footsteps the sound the gunshots that have come from the northwest side the southeast side they want to hear the trees uh if i'm sorry if you're walking on the grass they want to hear the grass blades moving between your feet or if you're walking in some mud or something like that if you don't have a headset on playing battle royale games especially PUBG or fortnite you're kind of at a disadvantage right from the start so these two headsets are the recon 200 and the stealth 300 now the recon 200 Available in black and white, but also it's marketed towards the consoles, PS4 and Xbox. Has, uh, will boast clear and day audio through 40 millimeter speakers. And something that not enough gaming headsets have is the ability to mute themselves. So it will be able to mute itself. I actually add a piece to my Xbox controller so I can mute myself. Because not all the time do I want to people want to hear me breathing or if I'm drinking on something in the middle of a PUBG game. Uh, the Stealth 300. Sorry! Uh, is a, is, I know. It's a spin off the 600. Again, marketed towards consoles, has comfortable ear cups, variable mic monitoring. It also has the ability to mic itself, uh, mute itself, mute yourself to the party. And also the battery allows up to 40 hours of gameplay, which is pretty awesome. So the Fortnite is actually, ex uh, the Fortnite and PUBG, the Battle Royale explosion that's happening right now is actually causing some of the, you know, Turtle Beach companies or was the other company that you really like a lot, Dan? Astro. I'm Astro, yeah, sorry. Actually start marketing towards Battle Royale games and having these gaming headsets come out. I really like the mute yourself uh, feature and also to be able to, to uh, increase the bass on it so you can actually hear the footsteps. Turtle Beach, though, uh, has had that, uh, what they called is they came out, when they finally came out, so I had, I had an XO or XO7 is what I had, which is one of their one of their higher end ones of wired wired headsets is one of the first ones that they came out with actually for the xbox ones and then i actually took those when i had the astros i gave those to my oldest and he still uses them that's how sturdy they are like they went through me he's using them he's actually about to uh inherit he doesn't know this he's going to inherit a pair of my astros because i'm looking to invest in a new astro that was announced astro announced the the newest generation of the a40s and i showed you this nick uh, i tagged you on it it's yeah, the, I uh, saw it. It's the new. It's direct. It's directed at consoles, and it's the same color for both, both PlayStation and Xbox, which is a black and black and metallic red. It looks nice. It's got just some minor uh, changes to it, but it's the tournament ready headset. It's the same, comp you know, company that I go through, and then also I can just, I at, ETH, you know, at PAX I can buy another one of these these kits that are really easy to install, and they're discounted there, and so it, it's a. Uh, Noise canceling. When you say these kits, what, what do you mean? It's a it's a kit that's a noise canceling kit, noise cancellation mic, and noise cancellation uh, uh, cups uh, or ear or leather ear cups, and a pad that goes on the head, and then it also has uh, 
has speaker plates that are noise canceling that keeps all that audio in. You can't hear. So you can upgrade your headset. Yeah, you can upgrade your headset, and so I mean, and you know, it's nice because it's red and black, so it'll go right in line with the with the new. I'll take the blazer colors. That's what I I, I know I know man. <laughs> and then oh, but with the with the Turtle Beach, what what I wanted to say is that they have produced their their attachment, which is like the mic, chat mic adapter. They have what's called. Uh, in fact, they use so Nolan North actually is one in the commercials for Turtle Beach, and they talks about the bass boost and the it, it's what it's called. It's superhuman hearing. It's a little button you press, and you instantly get it. Uh, and, and that's something that's become really popular. Is people would actually take that that attachment, and they'd even use it with their Astros. So people who have Astros were using this adapter to be able to hear differently on the controller but you know i have a astro tr tournament ready headset so i have i have the mix amp so i could just choose to to adjust through my computer i can adjust all that and figure it all out and then go and do that but even still uh turtle beach has always been really good with amplifying the hearing and stuff like that i like the fact that they're marketing towards battle royale games and i i it seems like that would be a minimized market but you can obviously use the headset for anything else so if it's good with bass, just think about you know, people who like R&B and rap. I mean, <laughs> I would love to see people walking down the street with Turtle Beach headphones on, plugged into their iPhones, listening to rap. <laughs> I've seen it, and, but that's Seattle. I actually have seen it, too, with the mic. <laughs> Let's not make that a fashion statement, people. Uh, another thing that was introduced at E3 and that was a little bit bigger this year than the past it, because of the phones, the technology on the phones, and we've seen the Fortnite game for iPhones, we've seen the PUBG game for for, uh, for iPhones and Android. They've came out. They're actually really good ports. So now we have a couple new ports that are coming out, and one of them is Elder Scroll Blades. Now, the, the game footage, they showed that, and they showed it on the iPhone X, which is the iPhone X. It looked beautiful, man. I, I really thought it would look cool. I actually pre-registered for it. Well, I'll see what happens when it comes out, if I like it or not. The mechanics are kind of good. They have the two joystick or the touch and move, which is great. And then they also have the, for fighting, he could use the joystick to fight, but also he could push the touch screen and swipe across, to swipe his sword across. So that was pretty cool. It's a limited uh, demo that we saw on it. The other thing that we saw was Fallout Shelter being ported to the Nintendo Switch now and the PS4. I know, Silver, you play out Fallout Shelter. I play Fallout Shelter. I used to. I haven't played in forever. I overpopulated my my uh, <laughs> shelter. It's hard to keep people happy, man. Uh, I try. I downloaded on the PS4. I gave it a shot. I don't like the mechanics. I'm too used to the touchscreen thing, so that was an instant not going to happen for me. And I probably wouldn't play it on the PS4 anyways. But on the Switch with the touchscreen, it works great. It's a fantastic port for the Nintendo Switch. Yes. I think that's great. Nope. I'm surprised it didn't come to the Xbox also, it is on Xbox. It's been on Xbox. Is it yeah. on Xbox? It's been on Xbox forever. Oh, because oh, it is on Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I just saw. I have the it thing, on my yeah. Xbox account uh, because on... I actually have it on my laptop. I have a, a two in one, oh. so I like to play it with the touch screen. Now I'm curious about this though. Is that what they didn't announce? Because they used to, you're able to get stuff from it for Fallout for the last Fallout game, Fallout Four. You were able to transfer something. I'm wondering if they're going to do something along this. Since they're advertising it, they advertise it big at this E3. Is there going to be something that you're going to benefit from playing this game for your Fallout 76? Possibly. At the very least, I expect uh, sometimes they'll do sales Cosmetics. on like the uh, lunch boxes and stuff. So they might do something like that for the release. Um, or add in new 
robots or because I know that the game doesn't have NPCs, but it does still have robots and stuff. So they might add stuff like that. Oh, creatures. Um, it's probably going to be a, a big uh, addition at some point because they finally added a uh, death clause, which I absolutely hate in Fallout Shelter. They're the worst. I hate them. Fallout Shelter had the three-year anniversary, so that's why they're introducing something new. I thought there'd be new content for it that might get me hyped back up to really jump back into it. I kind of only touch bases with that game here and there for me right now. But definitely on the Switch, I will be playing that a little bit more. I just want to see... I want them to add the giant sloth just so it's it like takes up like the whole screen. Because it's probably going to be bigger than the <laughs> vault. Did you see the <laughs> giant cool. sloth, though, in 76? Oh, my God. It's terrifying yes. already. <laughs> it's very terrifying. <laughs> Take something cute and cuddly and blow it up. and. Uh, the other thing was, too, just real quick, is the Command & Conquer. That was interesting. So what I liked about Command & Conquer is who they bring. They bring out the, the, the eSports guys. And one of the, both, both of them the, that they brought out are also, if you're on if Amazon Prime or uh, on there, they have a video document on on the fact of StarCraft and other other esports games and these guys were both on that documentary and so seeing it instantly i was like hey i know who these guys are and that's really cool because back then this documentary was you know it was it's older and back when that was made he wasn't one of the they weren't sure like how they were going to you know keep up with in the esports because he both of them were trying to make them uh, go for shout casting and both of them have made it in shoutcasting as well. So it was just cool to see them come out. I was instantly I was like, hey, that was awesome because I know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> I did download Command & Conquer, and me and Silver were talking about it before uh, the show started today. And I've played probably about a half hour on it, so I won't. I will play a little bit more, and we'll, we could talk about it later since the iPhone, Android games are getting a little bit more popular, especially I have a Google Pixel XL, which is nice to play on. It's kind of like the iPhone X. Um, to me, it's better. Uh, but uh, it, the, I was kind of, nah, I was like, uh, I kind of logged back in, and I kind of logged back in like, uh, I guess I'll try it again like, one more time. It was touch and feel. So we'll see how it gets as I progress in the game, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep playing it just to... Uh, so we can have some, so we can talk about it. Uh, next, I just want to touch on real quick is that, and I know Damien, you mentioned it that last year there was a lot of VR talk. Silver mentioned it too. This year, a couple games came out for VR, and that are just bigger name AAA games, which is Prey, Typhon Hunter, which that's pretty huge to ha huge to have its own VR, and then Wolfenstein Cyber Pilot, another VR game that's kind of big. And then they also mentioned Stormland that looked pretty cool. And then Transference that had, uh, I always call him Tommy McGuire, but it's uh, Elijah Wood. Yeah. <laughs> Elijah Wood out there talking about it. So it's cool to, to add those in there. Uh, a small VR push in this three, in this year's E3. Not something I really dive into. My kids kind of like it. Just uh, wait till really just wait me. till you go to PAX and you see it. When you go by, they try to keep all the VR in one area, but this last year there was so much of it they couldn't. And what's great is when you are watching your friend go up and do it or someone you're there with and they put on the big screen what you're seeing and you're they start you off thinking that you're not going to have anything going on so you're like oh this is easy you know it's just a little jump puzzle or something like that and then they start throwing in the things to scare the crap out of you which is fun and to watch we see what you're seeing we see what you react i did that i screamed <laughs> really loud because anybody that knows me in scary games i scream and i didn't mean to scream but i i screamed so loud 
I was there for it. It was great. <laughs> Silver, are you one of those people that like watching the the VR videos of like the grandpa trying out the VR for the first time and he punches the hole in the wall? Uh, you know, I don't watch <laughs> or those. Or kicks the television. But I do really like. <laughs> I've seen a bunch uh, of them. <laughs> reaction games to or reaction videos to scary games. I love watching people play Five Nights at Freddy's. That's one of my favorite things to do on YouTube. <laughs> That's cool. All right. So that's all I really had on VR talk there, guys. Unless you guys have something else. Was- VR VR is not like, I mean, once it's... I don't feel like it's there yet. It's not, but it's it's definitely like where we thought that it was going to maybe possibly not catch on. It is definitely the direction eventually that things are going to go. I, I am seeing that. And yeah. it's because, I mean, they're they're coming up with, uh, with, with the new headsets that are higher resolution that... How, are able to like now, now they have different headsets that are able to kind of retract your eyes to the point that they're able to understand when your eyes are getting strained and they change the lighting up and so to, okay th- th- so it's to keep you from getting headaches and be able to play longer longer charging or longer wired in type of gameplay i was gonna say just wake me up when i'm ready for ready player one uh there's a company that's already producing that that they call them they call themselves io it's a german company that have bought the name oh, are they naming they themselves bought, io they bought the name and they are <laughs> that's good marketing that's good they say they are bring they are going to bring ready player one they are right now they have the largest collection of they're the people who also the same company is the same company who helps make the marvel costumes where they do a 3d scan of the actor and then that, oh, okay. and it's basically it's like a three D print, but instead it's it knows exactly the contours of the person to make the costume for. The same company is the company that's bought the name IO and is producing a virtual a VR world that is going to that has all these scanned actors in as purchasable skins, basically. That's cool. All right, so next up we got E 3s favorite indie game, and then this was basically. Across the board, I don't think anybody could could see this preview and not want to experience this. It takes it's done by the same people. You know, last week I talked about I did like a basically a little mini review of my initial reactions to the game Vampire. I'm a lot farther in it now, and I can tell you it's going to be good. But I'll talk about that next week with you guys. This week, though, I want to talk about something else by Don't Nod, and I wanted to throw up to you guys Captain Spirit. One of the things we really wanted to talk about that's kind of like basically between all of us, it was the favorite indie game. And I can't see how this wouldn't be anybody just that was watched the, the E3 stuff or was present, how this could not be their favorite indie game. Because in the name of this game is how it makes you feel. And we're talking about Note Nods, Captain Spirit. Like, don't nod like again knocked it out of the park so far with me with vampire and you know i know that uh, life is life is strange yeah people people love that game yeah this takes place in the life is strange world which is which is awesome they did that and obviously it's it's maybe nowhere close to life is strange it could just be a whole different area i mean you know there's so many questions they didn't really answer a lot of the questions for that yeah but just the underdogs trailer that they presented at e3 really grabbed me because me and silver were talking about it before we recorded 
that was me. I mean, that was me as a young kid pretending to be Superman yeah. or Batman. That's all of you us. Know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not. I know. That's true. Not being picked on, not being picked by my stepbrother or stepsister to play basketball or, you know, being left behind, you know, at home while they took off because they were much older than me. So the, my imagination is what, you know, carried me for a lot of those years. So I felt this kid. Uh, the only thing I didn't have was the alcoholic father like he had Same. in this, which was very sad when he mentioned that. Are oh, you drinking in the morning? And he says, I don't want to hear about from my son. I was like, ah, that just that hits you really heavy, man. Yeah. But I mean, it was the the, 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 the just oh, man. The animation was so just in, it was it was in your face without being in your face because it was like, oh, we're going to show you this thing that could be a, uh, like an animated film and you would love it. And then we're going to show you from what he's doing and then what he's seeing. And so it shows you his imagination. And I talk often about this, you know, is that, you know, it's harder. I mean, that was cool seeing that, but it, it's also harder. A lot of kids these days don't have the same type of imagination be that we had because of what they have access to. Right. And so I feel like seeing this, it gives me, I don't know, it just, I just got all fuzzy. And I'm like, that is so cool. A kid being a kid and enjoying this. And for those of us who, you know, we may have missed, we may miss those memories. This gives us an opportunity to have an experience with a character that's going through all that stuff. And I know it's going to tell an amazing story, but it's also just going to look really, it just looks just stunning. Every story they've, 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 from a life is strange i love and then from vampire that you're playing right now i i don't expect anything but excellence from them and then captain spirit and this world might be very small in real life but because of his imagination it's going to be so huge and the areas you might go are very limited because his imagination just takes you everywhere you need to go which is really great and and you talking about kids not having the imagination anymore you know i have kids and Fortnite's a big thing in their life right now that I have to limit because I don't see my kids playing, you know, well, my 14-year-old is anymore. My 10-year-old still does a little bit, but the stick and the gun, you know, you point it at your friend, you go, you know, and you're playing cops and robbers or cowboys and Indians or something like that. That just doesn't really happen anymore, man. Uh, too much too much screen time, too many games. What's sad? Yeah, it is sad because we grew up in a different time. I mean, I'm a 90s. Oh, kid. and I, I grew up playing video games. I've been playing games since I was two and family well, nights i grew up playing video games too but it was limited yeah. you know you didn't you didn't have the online access now where I, right. I go see you know barry from down the street i don't go see him let's just log in and talk to each other right Mine here wasn't as limited because i was homeschooled so by you know i'd get up and get my work done and then it's only lunchtime. but i've got like you know like i i do a week's worth of work by wednesday and have the rest of the week with nothing to do while my friends were at school. So, you know, I was allowed to sit and play PlayStation 2 and the 64 and, and, you know, whatever. So I played a lot of games growing up. But I'd still go outside as soon as my friends got out of school. And uh, I was telling Nick earlier, um, my parents' house has an arroyo behind it. And uh, we'd go down there with raw bacon, a fish hook, and some fishing line and catch crawfish for fun. <laughs> and, you know, we'd have, like, adventures and stuff through the woods. And there was a little waterfall we'd... Uh, uh, we you know use as like a landmark and so yeah to see this it's kind of like a co combination of both of my biggest childhood loves it's a game with imagination and I'm really excited and it comes out yeah. the day after my anniversary so my husband won't have to see me for a while what day does that come out uh, the Silver? 26th 26th okay uh 26th of what month 
Oh, jo- oh yeah, really? It's it that close? Out. Yeah, it I forgot out. to write down the date of it. I, I'm super excited about that now. That's great. I think it grabbed all of us. And actually, when that trailer was done, you could see the audience was touched, mm-hmm. too. So a really good job. Uh, really good trailer. Now, you know what this kind of reminds me of a little bit? And it reminds me of something that Peter Molyneux uh, had shown as his original work with the Connect. Right, right. And that was called Project Milo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I forgot this, about so that. So the, the Captain Spirit, the kid, reminds me of that that kind of awe that caught the audience when they were introduced to Project Milo. It feels like we're going to get to experience what we wanted to experience with that and never got a chance to see it. And then now we get a game by Don't Nod that seems like it kind of, this character seems like it's a blonde version of Milo. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and the main character, too, for uh, Captain Spirit, he looked, God, he looked a lot like me when I was young. Blonde, blue hair. So I just got a little bit of feel. (laughs) I had blue hair when I was a kid. (laughs) Blonde, blue eyes. Uh, Yeah, so he really, he really took effect. And then his dad was, his dad was, you know, a guy with brown hair and a brown beard. It's a lot like my dad. So, I mean, it was just kind of cool. I, I. I had a lot of connection with that trailer, and I've watched it three or four times now. Yeah, it's, it, it, I'm totally excited for it to get pulled into something that's unique. And then with that, though, let's kind of get into some of, like, you know, that was a top story for us, you know. But let's get into some of E3's, like, top stories, kind of some of the stuff that's going on. There's, I mean, there, you can't go to anything, it seems, these days without there being some form of a scandal. Or, you know, <laughs> and, and it's even with games. You can't, you can't get through that. I mean, gamers are extremely fickle. We talk about, we, we talk about, you know, fans. And, and I talk about, we, next week we're going to talk about Solo and talk about, you know, some of the stuff that went on with that and the fan base with that. But uh, uh, we're, we're, we got some previews that went on um, that went on that were pretty big uh, hits. And uh, like one of them was uh, The Last of Us 2. Was I mean all over my Twitter feed, because if you know like right now it's Pride Month, so much that what you know th- there's this is where you get the the spectrum. It's like companies are recognizing that a gamer is not identified by their their sex, their sexual orientation, or color of their skin. A gamer is a gamer, so why do our heroes in games have to abide by any of that? Exactly, I agree with you. It's like well, they don't. It's, it's based off skill. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I and mean, being that's, that's, relatable. That's, yeah, and so that's yeah. the thing, is that that that's not something that a lot of gamers have. We already saw this earlier this year with when we first got the announcement. You know, just a couple, actually, like about a month ago, when we got the announcement for Battlefield Five, mm-hmm. and a woman be like, "Why is there a woman on the front? I'm not gonna boycott this game." It's like bullshit, mother. Trucker, don't do that. <laughs> there is truck. There is mothers that are truckers. Yes, there are. You're correct. Are. Let's talk about that, Damien. <laughs> it's like you know, back the hell off and enjoy a game for what it is. If the story, if it tells a good story, it tells a good story, and that's all that we care about. You know, if you're gonna sit there and try to push your views in on everybody else, why can't why can't other people's views, why can't other types of individuals be represented equally? Because we live in a world that things need to be equal. Just put your big boy pants on, play the game, and shut up. Yeah. And, and a Me Too world where, you know, Me Too hashtag, yeah. all the stuff that's happened the last couple of years or the last year, 
gaming world has actually been the one that's a, that's brought in women as you know gaming producers or head of studios or head of head of this or head of that. They're the ones that are actually the most accepting in in my eyes. I don't work in that industry, so I don't know if there's something going on that we don't you know. But in our eyes, it, it, in my eyes at least, it seems like that's the most accepting world. So for everybody to jump on that, I think it's just trolls trying to. Oh, The Last of Us, they got two girls kissing. I don't like it. I don't like the... I mean, come on. Give me a break. Who cares, Everyone's man? a big, bad, badass behind a keyboard. It, absolutely. And I just... I, I honestly and personally, I just do not care what anybody else does. It, it, I mean, you know, besides let's follow the laws and all yeah. that. But I'm just saying, in your personal life, I don't care what you do. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't harm my kids. I just move on with myself. Life's too short to sit here and just troll. Like Last of Us is made by Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog's made incredible games by Uncharted. Uh, go play the four Uncharted games if you want a protagonist to be, the, you know, Nathan Drake. You know what I mean? So, I mean, just stop with the with the, the negative. I'm sorry, but if a lesbian protagonist is going to keep you from playing what is probably going to be one of the greatest games ever made, you really need to rethink your hobbies and life choices. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Trolls on Reddit. Yeah, I mean, and you know me, I've been actually jumping into Reddit, so it's uh, I've had to see this stuff for you know all over the place. My Twitter feed, it's like I can't remember how many people like unfollowed because I'm seeing this stuff. I'm like, yeah, okay, if, even if you're gonna retweet this stuff, I don't want, I don't, no, I don't want to unfollow. see it. It's like I'm done. It's a block or an unfollow. Yeah. Every time I jump into one of those Reddit forums and I just start reading stuff, I have to take a bath. <laughs> Pretty much, man, because you feel it's like you get dirty real quick, man. Absolutely. Now, uh. One of the biggest stories, aside from that, there was something else that was actually really sad that happened during E3. And everybody knows that I'm a huge fan of Friday the 13th and wrote an article on it. I went really in deep with this. The studio got a cease, and, cease uh, basically, production letter. They are going to still provide the... They're still going to provide... Uh, private ser you know, servers and stuff for the game and they're going to try to update it as is but they cannot add any more content to the game that makes me sad because i've been now, wanting to get the game to play with you because i'm a huge jason fan and now it's like is there a point you still get yeah there's still a point because the game itself is fun and the content basically is there enough for you to play in the arenas every game is going to be different the game is awesome it's fun it'll probably go on sale drastically because of this right. the main reason why this is going on is because there was Excuse me, the original creator of Jason, he has been in the lawsuit with the studios and all these other stuff for the other, and that's the reason why we, they canceled the making of a new Friday the 13th film. All this stuff happened. Well, then the lawyer decided, you know what? Oh, God, now, see, I said the mother trucker, then I did, I'd screw up here. Good job. Anyway, he sees this, and he goes, he goes, I want, he goes, we want more money, and now he's going after it. Now I, I get it. If the if the original creator is not getting his royalties, if he's not getting paid correctly, I get that. But why? Why take something that fans have stuck with by their side? You're 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 attacking the fan base here now. That's celebrating the content and characters that you've created. A fan base you've had for almost fifty years. Yeah. Now you're attacking them because you're taking stuff. Now. The interest, the thing I I liked about Ilphonic and everything behind that this company, it's a small company. They actually were very quick to go up and they, they talked about it and they said, hey, uh, we do not support anybody, you know, trying to put because you know uh, now the individuals involved have received death threats and everything else. That you know, this is similar That's to the stuff right. that I want to talk about on Star Wars later on next week. Is that you know, don't. 
fans, it's a difference between fans and being upset about something. Nothing is ever okay to send someone a death threat. One thing though that's gonna hurt that's gonna hurt this a lot is that fans they remember. So if you're taking fifty years of fandom like like Silver is saying, and you're gonna you're gonna smash on them, because that's what you're doing. I know they're going up against a lawsuit and two different things, but really what you're doing is hurting the fans and when you try to provide new content because you want to start making money off that again fans are going to remember what you did right. and i so good luck well, good luck bringing them all back in yeah, I, my main hope is that this doesn't affect like because even though they've worked on other projects friday the 13th has been like their big their their big breakout and it's like you know they had a hard time with the with, with getting the launch of what's really rocky and everything like that but it's it's a solid game and it's a lot of fun and a lot of streamers this is the other problem is that there's a lot of streamers that their whole stream was basically built around this game and it's going to be a lot harder for these people they're going to have to find something more like it similar to it there are dead some by games daylight that are out, but it's dead by daylight still not the same it's not yeah the same, but they, they have a couple games that are coming out some are coming to console things like that that might be able to help this out but this was just something that came out i'm like they were getting ready to announce something for E3, and then this is what they had to announce instead. Ouch. And that was something really, really sad. Like, I was I was kind of hoping we are going to hear that it might be coming to Switch, but no. That's upsetting. Yeah. That would have been yeah, cool. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> but I'm such a fanboy. I want everything to Switch. I want, well, I just, like, basically <laughs> I view the Switch kind of as the Xbox handheld because they're kind of, like, saying, hey, we're buddy, we're, we're right around the corner from each other. Let's have these, these games, you know, be able to play with each other. I'm just going to add a little something in since I just uh, mentioned Dead by Daylight. When Jigsaw came out last year, they added some Saw content, so I'm hoping to see some Halloween content this year. Yeah. The ha- oh, Halloween cool. content's already in. Oh, there is. Wait, wait. Is there? I have it on Xbox, not PC. Michael Myers is already in. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Ignore me. She looked to the she looked to the right just to like to look at somebody else to see if you're telling the truth. <laughs> Which is sad because there's nobody in here, not even my dog. <laughs> but talking about the Nintendo Switch, guys, if there's if there's not anything else, I would love to bring up something that we talked about last week, Damien, yeah. and that everybody talked about because it was a photo was released of the new Nintendo Switch uh, set game uh, game sets for game sets. What am I trying to say here? A photo was released of new game content and new games coming to the Nintendo Switch, and one of them is the biggest game that's out there right now, and that's Fortnite. And that's been released. Not only has it been released, but I have downloaded it and I've played it, and it works extremely well, man. See, that's that. This is, I like Fortnite, and but there's a lot of times when it's like you know I, I think about I want to I'd play it if I could, but it's like I, I play other games, but it's like if I say I was to come down and visit, or I was supposed to. I bring my Switch. I can sit, I can play with my nephews, and I can play on my Switch while they're on their Xbox. I can jump in, we can play. Or, you know, that's awesome. Now, this this is such a big move. Like, Epic is just, they're, be, they're smart. It's a smart move. It's a great move for Nintendo. And, you know, it's a great move for gamers because, again, Nintendo, yes, we can play with PC. Yes, you can play with mobile. We need phones, tablets, all that. Oh, guess what? You want to play with your Xbox buddies? Go right on ahead. Hey, Xbox, you don't have a handheld, but you want to play your Fortnite, and you're going over, you know, XYZ place on vacation, but you got internet connection. You don't want to haul your Xbox around, but you still, you know, you want to keep up your score. You want to keep up with this battle pass. You're on a grind. Guess what? Take your Switch. You can play. But guess who can't? Not if. <laughs> guess who can't? Guess who can't? 
If you're a Sony player and you're logged in as a Sony account, you are locked out from being able to play on Switch. Yep, and both my kids were locked out. Not only do they already play on the PS4, but they play on the, the Xbox and they play on the PC. But now that you can't play between the Switch and the, the Sony, my son was so... He was like, I'm not even going to try now. So I logged into my account and I let him play on my account, which is like, yeah, it's cool, but I mean, I don't have any of my stuff. He was very, very depressed about not being able to take a Switch with him and play Fortnite like in his bedroom away from his brothers or something like that. So this is this shows you just how Sony and PlayStation and their cross play between you know it, it's getting really ridiculous it, now. It is, and this is what's gonna probably in the end make them like they're gonna eventually they're gonna lose out because this is what we're gonna talk about later. And I don't want to get into the console wars because I like every I like just gaming in general, and this makes sense. Go where you like your comp, where you like the you where you like the, like the UI and the controller. But if you're a AAA title that's going to be on everything anyway, why block people from being able to play with each other? Allow them to have the console war. I love in my PS4. Whatever war they want to fight. I love my PS4 and I love my Vita. It's actually sitting here. Um, but Sony has just become so arrogant and full of themselves that it's going to bite them in the ass. Do you think this could be the fact that? They've been hacked a couple times. They've had a lot of issues with the PS3 and the publicity behind that. And my account was personally so hacked. So was mine. They gave me, they gave me a free, uh, a year free of uh, security. I forget what what company it was from again, but I took advantage of it. I took it. Um, nothing happened to me personally, but getting your information stolen is not cool. I mean, we've had that out in the news right now. Facebook, Yahoo, all you know, even uh, one of the three credit bureaus. Uh, Expedient, Experian, I can't remember exactly. So that's huge. So is PSN or you know PlayStation, Sony? Are they just afraid of that? But what does that have to do with cross-platform? I don't know. I think it's a crappy excuse because Xbox has been hacked. Uh, like you just said, you know Yahoo and bank accounts and everything else has been hacked. So I don't think it's a like a legitimate, you know, especially because the majority of Fortnite players are kids. Mm-hmm. And and this game right now, sorry, oh, Damien, yes, this game right now has 125 million fans. And then already, two-plus million fans on the Switch are already downloaded. Yeah. That's that's a large audience that I'm you don't really it. want to piss off, I just haven't off, done man. it yet. I'm playing yeah. something yeah, else. It's like, so you, then you got you got people that are hitting them up. Greg Miller, you know, who, uh, you know, kind of funny and all that stuff, and the, or, you know, formerly IGN, all that stuff. He comes on and he says, on Twitter, he says... He says, Sony, I love you, but I love my Switch, and if I can't play with all my characters on my Switch because something you guys did, you're going to make me go get an Xbox. Yeah, fortunately, I only play Fortnite on Xbox so far, so not that I have much unlocked anyway. I'm uh, just as bad on that as I am, pub. (laughs) Oh, another thing about the Switch was Smash Brothers and the content that they provided for Smash Brothers. You mean Brothers. all of the now, content? I swear, yeah. And not only that, but it was like 30 minutes of gameplay that I could, we got to watch, <laughs> which was great. But Nintendo's E3 is always a little bit more tame than everybody else. They don't do the high, flashy stuff. They go for more of the content. They go for the games. They go for the characters you love, the Marios, the Zeldas. But in Super Smash Brothers, they said, oh, you like characters? 
then have every character there's ever been in Smash Brothers game before, even if it was just one time. Except for isn't, but this was the one thing. Isn't Waluigi? Isn't he gone? They said everybody. I'm not sure about that. You, uh, you, you might know something I don't know. But even like the Wii Me guys, they were only in for a little for one DLC or one exclusive. They're in the game. I mean, you have Cartoon Zelda, Young Zelda, or Link. Uh, then uh, old, uh, I think one, two, three different Links. Uh, three or four. Uh, Metroid, Metal Gear, Street Fighter. I mean, I was like, oh my god, I could play all these guys. It was just a really cool demo. They did a lot of the gameplay, a lot of the features. It was it was really long and in depth. So you guys, anybody that hasn't watched that, definitely check out the Smash Brothers highlights on that. There's a lot to get into on that. And I'm really excited. I'm really happy that they did this. And they also mentioned the fact that there will be new characters. I don't know when. They didn't really mention, you know, when or how or, or what. We need to do, like, a Smash Brothers, like, family game night. Just, like, and, and stream it. Like, get Jake, get a few of us over and play it. And then somehow set up a camera and, re- and stream the session. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, because, like. Me and Silver could play because we both have Switches. But you can just yeah, watch. Yeah, there we go. But I already have too many games pre-ordered. Father's so Day is on Sunday, buy me. so maybe, maybe, maybe I, I keep telling him, hey. He's crossing his fingers. Yeah, I, I keep telling everybody, hey. Uh, I told my kids, I'm like, hey, I want uh, uh, Splatoon too. I'm like, Mario Kart? I'm like, honey, uh, it's okay. Just, just a Switch. Just a Switch. It's all right. You need Mario Odyssey. You need Breath of the Wild. See, you know, I, I'm going to be honest here. I, like, I'm okay with not having Mario Odyssey right away because, like, I... Am more of a fan. Blasphemy. I am wow. more a fan of multiplayer, so I'm thinking Splatoon two. I'm thinking, but I'm also a huge, huge, huge Link and Zelda fan. But you so, just dissed on Mario Odyssey, so now me and Nick are besties, and you can't sit with us. <laughs> That's fine. You can't sit at our table at That's lunch. Fine. Uh, the Zelda game on Switch. No bowling. Talked about this multiple Too times. Late. The Zelda game has to be the first game you yes. purchase. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, but the thing is, is that right now at our local Walmart where they have this, they they redid, remodeled the whole thing, and they have a, a Switch section. Anytime I go there and pick up a controller, it doesn't matter what little kid comes up. It's like being at the arcade. I'm that big bully guy. Oh, now I'm the bully. I'm the <laughs> big guy that nobody can beat because like my daughter's super good at the Mario Kart games. She can't beat me. Like I am really good at Mario Kart on the Switch, Never and I'm like, hey, you know what, Mario Kart. I'm beating. I'm just beating. It's not just my kids. Any kid that comes in there, God, it's like I'm worse. like, hey. <laughs> Actually, okay. On 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 top stories. Uh, finally, we got released the Death Stranding trailer by Kojo- Con. Oh my Kojima. God. Kojima. Kojima. Hideo Kojima. Yeah. Thank you, studios. Uh, basically, uh, my boyfriend Norman Reedus is the main character in this. But finally, we Fouts get a trailer. Would argue, actually... Fouts would argue who's the real boyfriend. Fouts, Fouts has had some times <laughs> with him. Uh, but we finally get a, a long trailer. I think it was eight or nine minutes long of, of actual gameplay and cinematic trailer. And actually, we get to see a little bit of what this game might be about. I still don't know what it's about. Uh, but... A lot of a lot of mention of time travel, a lot of mention of jumping twenty five years ahead, and at the end of the trailer, me and Silver were discussing. At the end, he basically gets sucked up into this black venom, you know, symbiotic tar stuff. And I'm I'm thinking that's if you get caught by these, this is what jumps you twenty five. I was gonna say, is that the time machine? If that's what it seems like, uh, we're we're not really sure. 
but so far we we have a lot of good game footage, a lot of good uh, cinematic footage, and just more content of it. Hindo was saying that he was talking about this being his, uh, maybe making this game like it's his last game or something like that. I don't know if you heard more about mm -hmm. that so far, but I haven't. He was saying he was saying that he was putting like basically everything into this game. And he, I don't blame and, him, especially after uh, what happened with Konami and canceling uh, Silent Hills. He's no longer on. Uh, uh, Metal Gear or, or anything that he's, um, you know, worked on for Created. years. So, like, I don't blame him because it could be very, very successful or, I hate to say it, it could bomb. And if it does, there's no point in him continuing. But I honestly don't think it will. I think it's going to be great. Um, what I think is interesting also about this game is that, and I answered the question myself because I was curious about it, but it, norm but it has two, like, really good actors that are playing the protagonist. One is the younger self. One is the twenty-five years later. So you have you have Norman Reedus who plays the main character, and you also have Mads Mikkelsen, mm -hmm. who plays the the main character. One I never realized the fact that they kind of that I mean their nose needs is a little different, but I mean they look similar. And two major and, and the younger self and the younger self who just has a little hipster like a. A knot in the back yeah. and his hair in the trailer. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, th that's two badass, you know, actors in general, but to have them as voice actors, you know, it's, it makes me, instead of wanting to see it as a game and experience it as a game, it makes me want to see it as a movie. Right. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how this explodes. Because I've been wanting to see a Metal Gear movie for a long oh, time. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. And yeah. there was talk about it for a long time. But, I mean, we got a Silent Hill movie, but uh, and I'm a big fan of the Silent Hill. The game. second one yeah. was better. Like I liked the first one well enough, but the second one I, I actually Kit, the one with the one with Kit Harrington. Yes. Okay. Okay. I liked the second one. <laughs> That's mostly because I'm a sucker for Pyramid Head, and he's actually in that one quite a bit. Pyramid Head, yeah, that was that Pyramid was good. Head that is, was good. Uh, I will give you that. I'm a sucker they for him too. He's a job. A, yeah. They did. Yeah. I will. I will give you that. And then next up. We have something that's dear and near to Silver Start, so good thing you're here, Yay. Silver, because otherwise we wouldn't really, really talk about it. <laughs> and that's Kingdom Hearts oh, 3. Oh, my God, yes, finally. I mean, it's only been, you know, 12 years. It's kind of like Sirius Black and Azkaban. Has it really been 12 no, since years? The, uh, since uh, the uh, second one came out, yeah, not including um, the little in-between games. Uh, but I recently replayed uh, the entire series, and they still hold up. Um, at least for me, they still hold up the, w the way that they always have. But I've been playing since the original. I remember when the original Kingdom Hearts was announced during E3. That's how long I've been watching E3. And so I've been playing since it, it first, first released. And it's been a pretty painful wait. But seeing the characters and worlds that are included in this one, seeing the graphics and just the overall like embodiment that it, that it's already giving off i think it, it's gonna be worth the wait plus it there it's gonna have big hero six and right now that's all i care about because that is my absolute favorite Did, that's what i was just gonna ask you <laughs> what character is coming out that you're baymax, super happy about yes baymax baymax is awesome uh have you watched the fact that they have a cartoon i coming? haven't gotten to see it. it 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 premiered last saturday but i haven't uh watched it yet okay. i'll probably pull it up on demand is it terrible? I've never watched Big Hero 6. What? It's a Marvel film. I don't know, dude. He's it's a just, Marvel hero. You didn't know that? I know. Damien, it's just one of those in. movies that's past me. Baymax is amazing. <laughs> like, I want to see Baymax take over as the new Iron Man. 
I like I like the cartoon. I mean, I mean, I like the movie. I, I mean, I haven't seen the movie all the way through, but I've seen parts of it when my son is watching it. I just not have sat down and watched that movie. Did you see my pictures from just, when I was in Disneyland last week? I have a little hugging Baymax that was hanging on the back of my wheelchair. Yeah, that's how I went <laughs> nice. through the parks. <laughs> it was pretty adorable. Keeping you company. But yeah, uh, I'm really excited about that. I'm also excited that they're bringing back Pirates of the Caribbean and going beyond the Black Pearl. That is how long ago the second game came out. It was only the Black Pearl. Jeez. <laughs> um, and it just... I didn't realize it was 12 yeah. years. That's huge, huge. then for uh, number huge. three to come out now. Um, and it's yeah. been in production for, I want to say, eight, between six and eight, uh, because they were working on the, the little in-between stories to tie it all together on top of it. But um, just like the uh, – it was Sony that showed the Pirates of the Caribbean commercial, and Sora's got a gold tooth, and he's singing A Pirate's Life for Me, and I was just like – my heart just like overflowed with tears and joy, and I was just like, oh, my God. This is going to be, like, the greatest ever because the graphics and everything are just incredible, especially compared to the second one, which, you know, for the last 12 years has been a gorgeous game for being a PlayStation 2 title. And I've been playing, I played the uh, uh, remix on my PlayStation 4 and still I'm like, man, this looks great. This feels great, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, we've totally revamped the uh, combat system and everything, made it a lot smoother. And I've heard that if you play 2.8, which I picked up recently, haven't played yet. Um, it's the prologue to three. Uh, they kind of tease the um, new, like you can kind of play with the new uh, battle style. You so okay. I'm excited about that. Uh, it's something I plan on doing soon. I'm about to finish one game and start another, but it, I'll, I'll throw it in there sometime between now and January. <laughs> and I might need that That's uh, awesome. exclusive pro system. <laughs> I already told my husband that's what I want for Christmas and my birthday because it's you know February and December. I'm like that's that's what I want. Highly doubt I'm gonna get it, <laughs> but I threw it out there. You can always throw things out there, see what but sticks. But I actually I kind of feel like a traitor because it's always been PlayStation. But I ended up pre-ordering it on Xbox because it's gonna be Xbox One X enhanced, uh, full 4K and HDR, and I'm like. I've got to get it on Xbox just to see it in its full glory. You did the I right thing. I think so, too. I also pre-ordered the Deluxe Edition. It comes with a pin and a art book. And I'm like, yeah, I need those. That's what I did with God of War. I finally got my pin in the mail. And I was it's just like this tiny little pin that I was waiting for for like a month. And I was like, yes, I got this pin. Now it's up on my shelf. I don't think I've looked at it yeah. twice. <laughs> you sound like me. I collect pins. And I've got boxes of them. And I couldn't even tell you what I have at this point because I don't look at them. I don't even remember which ones I bought in Disneyland last week. <laughs> so, going from Kingdom Hearts, which I'm ex- I, this is this is something I gotta ask, and it's like I've been told, you know, they keep telling that you can jump in on three, and that you'll be that you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm jumping in for the first time on three. Um, I was gonna get it on on like my handheld, and I never did, uh, and so this is. I'm looking forward. Now, can I jump in on three and I'm going to be okay with the story or am I going to be completely lost? See, I would say no because it's such a complicated story. But I did, yeah, they did say it's, you know, kind of like Final Fantasy 15. You can jump in whether you've been playing since they came out in 2002 or you can uh, jump in uh, as somebody who's never played before. So my guess is they're going to explain the story so far. I don't know if it's going to be, like, an optional thing. Um, I know I've seen it in games before. I can't think of uh, any titles specifically. Mass Effect. There you Mass go. Mass Effect. And it'll go back through the story for you, uh, you know, okay. YouTube videos or something. So I don't know if they're going to do that or if it's not going to matter. Like, it's got to because it's got one of the most – it's 
the story is more complicated than any Zelda timeline ever. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty intense. That's that's big. They should just start Kingdom Hearts three with uh, last week on Kingdom Hearts two. <laughs> <laughs> Thirteen years ago on Kingdom Hearts. God damn it. <laughs> What is it, Young and the Restless soap operas? Uh, oh, God. Soap yeah. Opera. Yeah, yeah, soap, soap opera. operas in the morning. Or kind of like how uh, uh, when you, I've been, I'm still like binging ER every now and then. Uh, it starts off and it's like, oh, recently. But some of it's like stuff that happened like a season ago just because it leads up into like this episode. It's connecting yeah, to that Yeah, so it's going to be like that <laughs> between each level. One of the fun, funny things when they were, when they were, when EA was doing their, their conference. They look, go and they look into the into the audience, and you see uh, Vince uh, Zampanella is there, and like, oh hey, look who's here! And they just go. It was really cringy, actually, how they did it. I was like, oh guys, come on! It did not. It, work. it didn't work. We knew he was there. We knew he was going to do, you know, comment on something. They do. They were bringing a teaser, a tease, not a teaser. Uh, so respawn is there. They talk and they talk about. They basically they just give us what they said you're going to be learning using a lightsaber and they're like oh what he goes yeah so they give us the name which is star the new star wars game that their respawn is working on is jedi fallen order that's basically all yeah we get. oh and we know the setting like because i instantly heard fallen order i'm like yeah revan again yeah no it's not sad sad face heartbreaking <laughs> sad emoji but what this actually is is it takes place in between Episode three of the prequels and episode four, which nestles right into that solo territory. <laughs> Rogue One territory. Rogue One, all that stuff. So it's it's rife with story. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I can't help but wonder if they're going to borrow from the, the animated series core that's been brought into the storyline. Because if they do so, and I hear Fallen Order, I wonder if, you know, and everybody's been doing stuff with the female protagonists, I wonder if we're going to get a game where we're following maybe Ahsoka, or, you know, uh, or something like that. Uh, So it's just, there's a lot of stuff that my mind's going with it right now, and I'm just not sure where they're going to go. Everybody's mind's going with it. Uh, Good place to follow to get information and theory crafting is Star Wars HQ. So the, the the other thing is is that something that Neo Nick and I we were talking about wanting to see was we wanted to see something on Metroid. Yeah, uh, we meant we uh, we mentioned that earlier too. Like it it because they last year um, just simply announced you know Metroid Four, but it's like Nick said they mentioned it last year because they were leaving in, leading into uh, Samus Returns for the 3DS. So curious why they didn't show it this year. I wonder how far off it actually is. That just show that just tells me that it's mm-hmm. way off. That, and maybe that's because they're focusing on uh, Smash Brothers on Ultimate to get that out, or I I don't not sure. But I was really kind of disappointed that we just didn't get some type of teaser trailer for. Metroid. Yeah. The thing about Nintendo though is that they don't they 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 live by their first party titles, and they don't like to double up their big heavy hitters. And Metroid is a huge hitter for them. Yeah, that's You can't true. really blame them, though. Like, I hate, like, I, I was fighting, like, myself the other day when I went to pre-order some games because there's, like, five coming out alone in October, and I'm like, I gotta pick two because I want deluxe editions for some, so I can only spend 200 bucks for the whole month, and it was, it, it was a conflict. <laughs> and Nintendo does a really good thing of not saturating the market, and we've seen that on the Nintendo Mini right. consoles. 
where they only produce so much and they get that market appeal and they get the mass people wanting it and there's not there. You get that eBay resale, which is not for Nintendo, but it brings out the hype for it. And we saw before E3 that they announced two new Pokemon games, which we talked about last night. Uh, Go Pikachu and Go Eevee, which they touched on in E3. But they announced it before because most of their E3 conference was Smash Bros. So you're probably correct. They probably didn't want to throw out too many of their main characters, too many of their main titles at once. And Nintendo usually is really good at that. Maybe we'll see something in Metroid, you know, six from six months and out like a teaser, and then we'll see something a big hit in next year's E3. Or, ga- or Gamescom. Gamescom too, yeah, that'd be great. One more thing I just added to the list because we have to mention it, and it was just a quick teaser, a quick, you know, across the screen. Uh, that's Elder Scrolls number six. I'm not an Elder Scrolls player, yes. uh, you know, uh, five. I I talked to somebody at my work, uh, a buddy of mine who. He, he, I told him about Elder Scrolls 6 being teased, and he was actually disappointed. He was like, dude, I, you don't know, understand. You know how much time I put in Elder Scrolls 5? My character is so huge. He's like, can I transfer my character to 6? I'm like, dude, I don't know. They just they just showed the title. I'm like, like, relax, buddy. Like, We'll find out more later. So I don't know if other players feel that way. Um, I just don't know. I'm not an Everybody Elder Scrolls player. I know is like – I was uh, – uh, like I, I mentioned uh, earlier before the show – we, I know people that they're like, I don't care about anything else. The one thing that like got me excited, the one thing I can't wait for from E3 is the Elder Scrolls Six, and I'm like, bro, we don't even know where it's set yet. Like, pick a game that's actually like in the foreseeable future and <laughs> has a title. <laughs> yeah, this game might not come out till 2020, and it might be on the PS5. Right. That, that's the thing. I mean, we already, I mean, seriously, we already know that this game is a next gen title. Right. That is something they already announced. So. Did they announce yeah. that? Okay, I missed that. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I'm like, guys, like you're already complaining that you, you know, just barely got a PS4. Like, just, just simmer down a little bit. <laughs> simmer down. Simmer I'm a down. big Elder Scrolls fan. Always have been, but yeah, let, let's let's jump on the hype train for Rage or something instead. Exactly. And there is a lot of titles that we're gonna move on, and I know Damien's gonna push us on here to our main event, which is we're gonna talk about titles because e- this E3 really went back to games. That's why we're talking about a little bit of the hardware for the Turtle Beach stuff. But if you don't, if you guys can just just hang on for one second, I just want to mention a couple games that we're really not gonna talk about, and that's Wolfenstein Young Blood. That's gonna follow BJ's twin daughters in the 1980s Paris. I'm like, super excited about that. You gotta play the uh, second one first. So do I. I know, so I will. Husband, I'm definitely so gonna. Just that's my next. That's my next single player game. I just beat God of War. Wolfenstein's my next game. I'm not buying another game until I beat that. Another game that I did beat last year uh, was Doom. So Doom Eternal, the remake for that is coming out. Really excited about that. She mentioned it earlier. Silver did. Sorry, Rage Two is coming out with Walker as the main protagonist in this one. Um, that's another good game that's coming out that we're excited about. Uh, one of the best trailers that I saw at E3 was Crackdown 3. And that was because Terry Crews was the voice of it. And he was loud. And he was just like, Terry ah, Cruz get up God. there and hype up. <laughs> I just loved him. I loved it. It reminded me of like a giant Old Spice commercial. See, that I've been stoked for that game. That trailer actually lowered my expectations and as actually has, has me a little bit standoffish from a game that I was super excited about. I'm kind of on the fence. I'm not okay. I'm not big right. on third-person shooters. That's why I don't really, like, I've played the God of War series, but, like, I have the fourth one sitting on my shelf, came with one of my Xboxes. It's not even open. I just don't like third-person shooters, but as a big 9-9 fan, I love Terry Crews. 
Yeah, so do I. And I'm a Brooklyn Nine-Nine fan, too. Thank you, NBC. <laughs> I just broke my microphone like that with the, the big thank you to NBC there. New Metroid Exodus is coming out. Uh, uh, Damien's already talked about the content for Sea of Thieves. Now, Xbox Game Pass did release that you're going to be able to get right now Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, you're going to get Division 1 that Silver talked about. And also Fallout 4 is on Xbox Pass. Also, the Crackdown 3 will be on Xbox so will Pass. Forza Horizon 4, and that one made me really excited because that's yes, that's yeah. a pre-order yes. title for me. But the fact that they're putting it on Game Pass, I was like, cool, it saves me 60 bucks because I already use Game Pass. I, mean, I use Game Pass now too, and all these titles that they're adding into it, and I think Xbox will continue doing this, it's going to make me keep Game Pass. I like that they're adding the Master Chief Collection. I haven't played those in years. So Forza Horizon 4, one of the things with this is that this is one of the new studios that they actually finally, Microsoft just out of full out bought. And it's Playground Games. There's something that, Silver, you and I wanted to see there. Something that we wanted to see really bad that we that was leaked in the, in the pamphlet that was like behind the scenes stuff. Phil Spencer, he says, Playground Games is working on, is taking their open world expertise and the world building to a new open world non-racing adventure. That was us getting our, that, that was us getting our little nod to what we wanted to see, but we didn't see, which was Fable 4. Yeah. I was a little shocked they didn't show it, but... It is confirmed that they are working on Fable. Right. So that, that, is, that is the one thing. So that was, that was our nod to Fable 4. We didn't get to actually see it. That also tells me that this is most likely going to be a launch title, launch window title. For something else we're going to talk about a little later. And speaking of Fable, next week, um, one of the early access games I'm playing is actually made by some of the developers of the original series. So just a little something to look forward to to anybody who loves Fable as much as me and Damien. All right, just a couple more big titles since I'm just going to go through them because we're going to talk about some of our favorite titles that we saw. Uh, Just Cause 4, Dying Light 2 was announced. And somebody for Damien, Rare... Announced Battletoads. <laughs> I love Battletoads. I love Battletoads too, man. That was one of the hardest games to beat, and I remember my brother and I sat and played that game until we mastered it. I mean, and and seeing the splat and all that stuff, I'm like, yes, it's Battletoads. I'm like, yes. it's perfect dark, <laughs> but I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. So, yeah. two, three more big AAA games that I that I know people look forward to. They're not on our top list, but I, they're here to mention Devil May Cry Five. Gears 5 should be on my list. A new look at Gears. I'm really excited for I that. Am. It's on my list. And then something that's dear and near to my heart because Skate was one of my favorite games is that finally a new Skate game that's going to have basically the same mechanics and it's called Session. Session looks amazing. Session looks great. Now, two DLCs that are coming out there, Winston mentioned, and one of this is for Faust. Brandon, Cuphead DLC is coming out. So, Brandon, jump on the Cuphead DLC. I know Silver likes the Cuphead too. And new PUBG commenting out this year for PUBG content coming out this year for Xbox. The three-wheeled little car? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sayhawk is coming this summer. War mode. And then an all-new snow map is coming in the winter of 2018. But please, PUBG, Blue Hole, fix your damn game before you put out any more content. I'm really getting sick and tired of that, and we're going to talk about that next Especially week. Especially if you're bringing War Mode, because right, I've been wanting something like that. War Mode on the PC is fantastic. It's Team Deathmatch. It's great. It works wonderful for that game and the mechanics work great and thank you for hearing me guys i just wanted to make sure we get out some of those games that we're not going to talk about next so next up get ready 
it's main event time. This is our like some of our major picks from this year's E3 that we're just totally stoked about. And starting it off, you have to start it off with the web slinger himself. You know, last week we ended we ended with Deadpool, but we also talked about some web you know about our web web slinger friend Spider Man. Guys, the Spider Man game that's coming out. This is this is a hardship for me because again I I'm not I'm not a Sony I'm not I, I love all gaming systems but I just don't have a PlayStation and I remember back in the day when Spider Man Two came out on the Sony PlayStation it was exclusive and everybody lost their crap over it and I didn't get a chance to play it same yeah I know I know and I I mean I played it I played it at friends but I didn't own it and I wanted to own it because it's Marvel Sony guys they, they 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 brought this out this is one of their heavy hitters and this is something we know is coming it's a single player it's slightly more linear than some of the open world spider-mans that we've had in most recent years damn guys this game just i i hate to say this with how they're you know kind of arrogant they're being but this game is a system seller it looks amazing and like silver said we played spider-man 2 on on the sony playstation and I've played almost every Spider-Man. I think I missed one, and I think that was for Spider-Man Three because I hated the movie so much I wasn't gonna play. The it. game's fun. I ha- I own it. Yeah, I have it. Okay. Spider-Man games are fantastic in that world, open world where you can just sling across the buildings and kind of just feel the breeze of the air come across you. Hit the perch on top of the building and look across, and you can see the cars going by, the pedestrians, and then you hear that cry, that spider sense hits you, and you're like, okay, I got to go do something. I got to go save something. I love being that guy. I love being Spider-Man. I love being just the sarcastic, you know, Spider sling in, you know, beat up the bad guys, hang them upside down on the tele- on the the light post, and leave them for the police. I love being that guy oh, so Spider-Man much. Spider Man is one of my absolute favorites of all time. Shoot, last week, uh, last week in uh, California Adventure, I waited in line for forty five minutes just to get a picture with Spider Man. Detton, it's a man in Aww. spandex, so you know. What? Okay, I gotta ask: Was this a good Spider Man, or was this like the Spider Man angle you were seeing at PAX? A oh no, this was a good Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this Spider Man was not twelve. Yeah. So, um, for anybody who is unaware, uh, I'm a wheelchair user, and your um, view of the world is not the greatest, especially when young men are walking around conventions in spandex with no drawers. Oh, yeah, but no, God. this was a good Spider-Man. <laughs> he had, like, the perfect physique, his attitude, the way he talked. He was like, I just sat there just like, it was the most fun line just watching this guy interact with people. Like, he was amazing. I, I know I sent a picture to Discord, and I've got him on Facebook. So, yeah, you all check him out because he was, he I was saw a that great picture, yeah. Spider-Man, and I was very excited. Very cool. And, and you guys can't see Silver. Her eyes are pretty lit up right now. Yeah, it was <laughs> like if there were, if you were to have an experience with the Spider-Man, it would have been this guy. He was perfect. He had an excellent physique. Yes. Mm, that booty. And my husband had wandered off to find a, a snack and sit in the shade, so I got to admire as much as I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Honesty, at least there's transparency here. So at three at E3, PS4 did something really cool. Sony, sorry, Sony did something really cool. Is they put out a daily bugle box where you could actually pull out a piece of paper and you could look through the paper about Spider-Man games, about Spider-Man games, this Spider-Man game. And right off the bat, we see it says jailbreak raft leaks. So we know about the raft. We know that's where the ho- the house, most of the big bads, big bad villains. Also, it shows you that 890 Fifth Avenue is for sale. That's the Avengers home in New York City. That's something really cool. 
shows you Iron Man. So that's a teaser for Iron Man. And then also in the paper, it shows Nelson and Murdoch, attorney at law advertisement on there. So a little bit of a teaser for Daredevil, a little bit of a teaser for Iron Man. It, obviously, the, They're probably uh, going to be DLC the, playable characters. I'm right. Yeah, maybe. Or something you have to join on. If the raft leaks, then uh, yeah. Spider-Man going to be able to hold all those guys back okay, himself. Yeah, I get you. you might need some help. What if you what if you could be able to what if I could jump in with Silver and Silver can play Daredevil, I can play Spider-Man. Oh man, now you say there's a multiplayer. If it goes multiplayer, <laughs> I'm not I saying know, that. If, if it I, is, I've, then uh, yeah, yeah, that's that you know me. <laughs> Guess who's getting a PlayStation? <laughs> <laughs> no, he has switch. to go with the, he has to switch. go with the Switch first. It also shows a little advertisement for Oscorp. You know, you can apply online. It's a really cool thing that they did at E3 was was this paper but the one of the big things that me and damien talked about last week was miles morales miles morales is in this paper like come on let's bring in the multiverse let's do it uh, they're releasing an animated movie about miles (laughs) yeah we talked about it last week thanks for listening (laughs) i'm sorry i've been at the doctor all week so no you're fine you act like i actually care what you guys have to say Uh, but yeah, the multiverse, we're talking about the animated movie. We're talking about how excited we are for it. So I'm really excited to see Miles Morales in this. Uh, who knows Who knows what we ha- – uh, this is just in the paper. This is just like a teaser thing. Who knows how much of it is true, how much is in the game. Nobody really knows yet. But we do have the release date, and that's September 7th, 2018. So we're looking forward to that. Yes, yes we are. Yes. And the next thing that I have on the Sony side of things is Last of Us Part Two. Now, we already mentioned that the opening scene of this is showing our main character, Ellie, having a girlfriend. And who did you say she was played by uh, again? Shannon Woodward from uh, Westworld and Raising Hope. Which is really awesome. I didn't catch that at first. Silver told me about it. And I was like, who is Shannon Woodward again? Oh, she's on my favorite TV show? Well, I'm dumb. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know she was Dolores. Anyways. Well, no, no, no not Dolores. Was... She is. Elsie. She's not Dolores. She's Elsie. Oh, Elsie. I'm sorry. Yeah, Elsie. That's what I, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I only recognized her from uh, a picture online. Uh, yeah, from because Raising I Hope. just rewatched Raising Hope like two weeks ago. <laughs> and I was like, hey, it's Sabrina. The most things about Last of Us that I want to dive into is that a lot of the gameplay is going to be and the mechanics are going to surround against Ellie. So Joel in the first game of Last of Us, he's a bigger, stronger guy. He's not small framed. He'd go up and punch somebody in the face. That's not really going to happen with Ellie. So in an in interview with IGN, Mark Gowani, God, I can't pronounce his name. Mark Gowani, he says that she's now five years older. She's learned something from things from Joel, but she's not as biggy, big or bulky guy like Joel. She's not slugging dudes with her fist. We kind of agreed to redi- redesign the entire system around her. Now in Last of Us 1, we had a lot of baddies that we played against that were not humans. They were clickers, like you were talking about earlier, uh, Silver. And that was cool, but now we're kind of just going up against a humans. So we have to fight people, and they learn, they adapt to the environment, they can change how they move, and you have to change throughout your gameplay style. So they kind of redesigned the whole mechanics of this game to fit Ellie and to fit the new uh, antagonists of this world. I'm really looking forward to just a whole new Last of Us game. But not only that, it feels like they've kind of revamped revamped the whole mechanical style of how you're going to play this game. It's going to be completely different. Uh, obviously, it's going to have the similarities of Last of Us 1. I've, I've beat Last of Us 1 twice. I beat it on the PS3, then I beat it on the PS4 because I wanted to see how it looked, how much more beautiful it looked on there. But this is something that I'm really looking forward to. It's obviously a day one buy for me. 
Um, obviously not Damien because he doesn't <laughs> own a PlayStation. But, I mean, for me, it, it is. So I'm really excited for uh, Last of yeah, Us 2. The mechanics Sony. in this one, um, they, they look great. And they, you can see just from the trailer, um, and then they start to go a little bit into the gameplay, you can tell that there's a big difference in the uh, like combat and everything. And I, I kind of like that. You know, sometimes I play games and I get tired of, you know, fighting monsters and stuff. I like that there's a more of a human aspect to it. And how grisly is that trailer? There, There's people that have been talking about, like, I don't know if I can play it because it's uh, I so... I think it's the best trailer that we saw either. Dark. I agree. And I'm, you know, uh, for personal reasons, not, not even a fan of the first one. And I was like, wow. Especially, you know, like, when they were gutting that man. And I was just like, oh, this is horrible. I love it. <laughs> And they kind of showed like the the human side, the softer side, and also the 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 hard realm of where they're living at at the same time because they had Ellie and dancing and and you know and looked like a little uh, banquet hall or something like that, and then also hit her slitting the throat of the guy at the same time, and they're kind of like panning back and forth during yes, the trailer I loved that. up between the two. I, that was really. I think good. she's gonna make like uh you know like I've always heard you know what a great character she is overall, but I think as a protagonist. I, I, I like it. I, I think I think she's going to be pretty awesome. And I think one thing we need to mention is that she does not look like Ellen Page yes. anymore. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, that, that whole thing could be dropped. So, so, so they're bringing up plastic surgery now in the apocalypse? <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure this out. I guess so. Joel helped her out. <laughs> All right, next up on Sony is Silver. And Silver, you want to talk about a little game that... Uh, you like that? I didn't. I don't even think I watched any of the trailer. Oh my for. gosh! You should uh, check it out. Yeah, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I'm big on uh, well history in general, but I'm really big on uh, uh, you know like Japanese history. So the whole samurai thing really stood out to me, and just just the trailer because I, I hadn't heard of it. It was announced I want to say in October, um, but I hadn't heard anything about it. So when the trailer started, I was like, I was watching with my husband. He's a big um, uh, Sony fan as well. I was like, what? What is this? I've never, and he was like, I don't know. He's like, it looks like your kind of game though. You know, it was just really pretty. And then the character comes out and I like the stealth aspect. I like the way the combat looked. I liked just the world overall. I think it's going to be gorgeous on a PS4 Pro. Um, but one thing that um, really caught my eye at the end was that it's by Sucker Punch, who also made um, Infamous. Another thing about that, a lot of people... A lot of people thought that it was going to be an announcement for a new Tenchu game. Yeah, so did I, actually. Um, no, actually, it wasn't. I love, I love Tenchu. Actually, it was uh, Sekiro that um, my husband and I, he, he's like, this looks a lot like a uh, Tenchu game. And it said From Software. And I was like, oh, I bet it is. So, you know, that was, uh, that's another one I want to talk about here in a bit. But, um, yeah, I this one's going to be a PlayStation exclusive. And the other one is not. Sekiro from, from Software is not because it was actually shown during Xbox's press conference. So I'll probably okay. end up, just especially because that's the way they did it, I'll probably end up getting the exclusive one and then get Sekiro on um, the Xbox because that seems to be the system that it's geared for. So it, it'll be cool to have a samurai game on each side. But yeah, that was definitely uh, the one out of Sony that really, really stood out to me. I was like, oh man, I haven't played a good samurai game like in, I can't tell you how long. I've been playing the Yakuza series, but it's you know not the same. It's not the same. I used Still to play a ton too, of fun, yeah. though. 
one honorable mention from Sony before we move past Sony is that the remake of Resident Evil 2. I know we're all big fans of Resident Evil. I'm really looking forward to the remake of Resident Evil 2. It's definitely going to be a day one purchase for me. Oh, yeah. On the Xbox side of things, guys, we had a lot of content that goes through. Just a little? <laughs> yeah, and they opened up their they opened up their E3 by announcing 50 games to come, 18 exclusives, 15 world premieres. And I felt like they almost did the best E3 conference about moving things along. Yes. And the way they had it set up with the games and, and and the green and the black, I really liked how they how they presented themselves to the Xbox. And every time there was like a little bit of like a dull moment, like the the room got black or something, another game would just pop up on the screen. I was like, "Geez, another one." Their flow was amazing. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, their flow was was just was fantastic. And some of the games they they uh, mentioned that we kind of flew through, you know, Gears Five, Battletoads, Session, stuff like that. I mean, really good on them for bringing all these games up uh, and uh, flash them on the screen, give them a little, maybe a little bit of shot, like Battletoads is just like the name trailer, or Gears of Five had a whole. You know, Gears Gears Five is another for. one where we're getting that hit that hit back though because the main character, your protagonist, your main character. Now, if you play secondary, your secondary person plays as the male. But your main character yeah. is a female, and it's like Kate is awesome. Kate, this Kate's awesome. And the yeah. thing is, right. this is going to tell us the story. This is going to delve deeper into the story of who the hell that goddamn queen was. And so we're going to get to know more about the about the locust. It's giving us that deeper dive into the story, but being able to take it in a different view because we're not some lumbering like like soldier that is set to try to survive and kill things. Not saying that men are just all that, but what it is 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 that this has given us a more thoughtful take on this on the locust situation. And I like that it's just going a little bit different direction, man. I'm, I'm happy about this. It's obviously going to be a day one buy for me. I've never not played a Gears of War game. I've oh, never yeah. not beat one. Uh, that's one of my favorite Xbox exclusive games, just like Uncharted is for for Sony or God of War or something like that. Uh, but the one game that stuck out for me, and it, it's presented on all consoles, uh, guys, but Shadow of Tomb Raider. I'm a big Tomb Raider fan. Uh, Shadow of Tomb Raider looked just, I mean, just absolutely gorgeous, beautiful. It's a whole different uh, gameplay. This time, Laura Croft actually starts something that she is trying to fix, um, and she doesn't really know how to climb herself out of it, and we see her in a different light this time. I like how they described it as kind of a prequel. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they said it's kind of, because um, I was watching uh, uh, the Twitch, like, uh, you know, one of their in-between, they're sitting there discussing it, and they were saying it's kind of a prequel, kind of how she gets started, but it goes in a new direction instead of into the Lara that we already know. So it sounds like it might be uh, starting off a whole new Tomb Raider series, which is cool, and I really, really like the setting of this one. Yeah, it's the Mayan Apocalypse. That she's fighting yeah, against. And yeah, and I have actually been to Mayan ruins in Mexico, and they are just utterly mind-blowing. So Murray, Jim Murray is the, uh, was the writer of Tomb Raider, and he was at E3. Murray mentioned that a higher difficulty level, the game will reduce the amount of markers there are in the environment that indicate where it's climbable. So many game tips players off about where to climb or, or you know, hey, look like God of War. Like, you can see exactly where you climb up in God of War. By scuffing the area, they're selling certain climbing objects in a specific color. I'm intrigued to, to try a new yes. tumor that doesn't do that as much. And I agree with that a lot. 
The second thing is the interest of increasing the player stealth options. We see in the trailer mm-hmm. she's muddy, she's hiding, she's kind of she's kind of back in the trees and the bushes. Love that. Uh, she has that bow and arrow. I, I love that. I love the gritty, grimy Laura Croft. To be honest, I've always been more of an Uncharted fan, um, yeah. at least in the more recent years than uh, Tomb Raider. You know, but I played all the old ones. Um, my grandfather and I spent many a time playing Turok and Tomb Raider on uh, the '64. And this one looks, it looks like it's going to be a great, well, it seems to be somewhat of a reboot, and I'm okay with that. I think it looks like it's going to work out really well, and I love that, um, you know, camouflage aspect. It's just small details like that just make a game uh, for me. I wonder if they're going to take this Tomb Raider storyline and kind of push it off into the big screen too because the Mayan backdrop in mm-hmm. a big screen movie would be awesome, especially if she <laughs> yes. starts the apocalypse. I mean, because it, we're in a village. She's, she's surrounded by a village of full of, of people that have been isolated for over 100 years. So that's kind of your backdrop of this game. But I think it was one of the best trailers that I watched, and that's Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And then... Uh, for Xbox, what do you have, uh, Silver? Yeah, uh, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. That's the other That's the other um, samurai game uh, that uh, yeah. they showed. That was their big one. That's the one from From Software. And like I said, you know, it started playing, and I was, my husband was like, hmm, maybe Tenchu. It kind of looks like that. And then it showed From Software, and I was like, oh, definitely. Phil Spencer, we know that he went over to Japan, and he was there saying, hey, you know, meeting with all these dev companies and everything, they want to be have a bigger stand you know a bigger foothold over there and so this e3 was showing a lot of stuff saying hey guess what we are we are trying to bring in all the types of games in here and this one yeah he said they traveled the world and went to singapore they went to japan they went everywhere yeah trying to look at the best game developers and try to find the best games oh, yeah. to bring to us to the Xbox. how much i love japanese games like, they, they are, like, my bread and butter besides, you know, like, the Fallout series. That's still my all-time. But um, this one, like, I think what really stood out to me, uh, it, it's set in, like, the 1500s. Um, the char- he has a prosthetic. And, like, everybody's been complaining, like, why has everybody got a prosthetic arm this year? Is that, like, the new thing? But it's, like, an actual 16th century, like, something you would see in the 16th century. Like, you can see it's, like, attached to his bone that's, like, hanging out of his arm. It's not, like, this robot arm, like, uh, you know, you were seeing in Battlefield Five. Like, you... See, I didn't think it was a prosthetic. I thought that's actually, like, he's, he, no, he dies twice, as in he's rotting. Right. But it's, it, I, that's why I'm not sure if it was, like, a prosthetic. I'd have to watch it again, but uh, my husband and I were talking about it um, uh, over lunch the other day. Because uh, I made him watch like all of E3 with me, because he has no choice. Let's be real, and he just that one really, both that one and uh, Ghost of Tsushiro really like stood out to me. Because like I said, you, you see a lot of games set in Japan, like Yakuza, Persona, you know stuff like that, but you don't see a whole lot of um, timepieces for Japan. When I mean, you do their games like uh, Total War, their um, strategy games, not. RPGs or adventure games. So I'm super excited about it. Both of them. I wish they I wish they had release dates. Um, I'm guessing sometime in 19, which is fine. Yeah. I think they both are 2019 when I looked at the last graph. Yeah, and that's totally fine. I'll, I'll probably I'll end up getting both because we know Sucker Punch makes good games from the Infamous series, and we know that From Software makes amazing games. So those ones are definitely going to be um, at the top of my list next year. 
Now, on the Nintendo side of things, we talked about it already. Smash Bros. Uh, Ultimate. We've kind of dived into that. So, we'll move past that and we'll go right to Silver. And Silver, what uh, do you have over uh, here? So, um, Octopath Traveler um, has taken my life over today because they released the uh, prologue demo yesterday. And it is quite... Um, it's very charming. It's very adorable. Uh, it is from Square Enix, which, uh, you know, again, I love Japanese games, so I love Square. And it it's inspired by the old JRPG games, you know, very heavy on, like, uh, Final Fantasy and stuff. So it's got, like, the little 16-bit graphics. But at the same time, it's three-dimensional. Uh, I posted a couple in the Silver Soul uh, Discord, a couple photos that I took earlier uh, for my television, like, it's 16-bit, but, like, you can see the back, like, the background, like, fade away and, like, blur, but in front of him is, like, this beautiful 3D water, like, it's just really interesting, um, but what I think is cool is there's eight different characters that you choose between, and each one, like, has their own little story and their own, like, one's a scholar and one's, you know, a cleric or one's a merchant, and they... But each one is, like, your party members. So you pick one, and as you go through, you, like, find these other these seven other characters to uh, make your party. And it's just a little ad- adventure RPG. And I spent a couple hours on the demo today, and I am so excited that I pre-ordered it um, already. Because it comes out uh, July 13th. Because <laughs> I'd already pre-ordered it. I was like, oh, I've been looking for something like this for the Switch. This is going to be awesome. It is a Switch exclusive. So I was like, oh, I'll go ahead and pre-order it while I'm pre-ordering these other games. And so glad I did. My husband came home. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I am playing, like, the best demo I have ever played in my life. Because it is just so adorable. What makes it even better is I can... The, uh, the few hours you spend in the demo carry over to the full game so you don't have to start over. So I was going through the characters earlier, and I th- I'm like, I think I'm going to stick with the Scholar, at least for my first playthrough. So when I start, I can just jump right in instead of having to replay the beginning of the Scholar's story. So next up is a big one, and we're squeezing for time here, guys. So we have five big games to go through, but this one is a big one for all of us. And Damien Silver, I know we were all super excited when we heard about this. We saw the paintings going up outside the E3 conference, and people on Reddit were updating us how far they are long to give us. It, it, what sneak peek is it? Even like people are talking about, was it was it Fallout 3 remastered, Fallout Vegas 2? No, it's something completely different. It's Fallout 76. And this game, to me, the, the direction they're going with this game is so far out of where anybody thought they were going to go with it. It blew everybody's minds to the point where there's two sides of the story. I've read a couple articles where people are like, I don't get it. I, I don't get what the excitement for this is. I don't get I, I don't understand. I'm probably not going to buy it, and I'm a huge Fallout fan. And then there's the other side of this like, yes, Fallout multiplayer. I'm getting all my buddies. We're all going to get our suits. We're going to wreck people. We're going to get the nuclear codes. We're going to blow up your house. I'm going to jump in there and take all your loot. I mean, I'm excited for this, guys. I'm excited for this direction that's going. So a couple things they, they announced was that the game's coming out 11-14-2018, which surprised all of us. Did anybody think it was going to come out that quickly? I did. No. <laughs> oh, okay. forget well, you, did. Silver. You're supposed to say no with the rest of us. <laughs> well, Fallout 4 um, was announced the same year it came out, and it came out in October. Oh, okay. maybe that's a trend right. for them. Okay. Well, what we have so far is that there's going to be six regions. It's based in West Virginia, entirely online, multiplayer, but you can also play a solo. 
which is good. And he mentions that in the E3 conference that our, our games are both based off solo runs. So we still want to see people be able to get that chance to play the solo game. So that's cool. But if I'm playing solo, Damien, and I build my character up, and then me and you want to jump on together. I don't lose any of my content. I don't lose where my progression's at. I get to bring my progression right into the multiplayer world. And that's what I love because you know I'm not a huge multiplayer person. But I'm definitely going to play this with you guys. But, you know, like when when y'all are at work during the day and I'm just sitting at home by myself, I'm going to, you know, I can I like that I can sit and play by myself without having to worry about having people to play. So that was, you know, like, okay, yeah, it's nice that I could play by myself, but I like that I don't have to, you know, if I'm in a mood where I just don't feel like playing with anybody, I don't have to worry about it. Or if you guys aren't available, I don't have to worry about it. I can still sit and enjoy Fallout without stressing about it because, you know, when, when it was rumored that it was going to be online, I was like, oh, sh I don't like, I don't like online, but they're my favorite. So I was torn. But after seeing it, um, I... I'm very, very excited, and I have a uh, Power Armor edition on the way. Now, each server, he said, is only going to have maybe around a dozen players because this is, you know, post-apocalyptic. This is a survival land. This is not, you know, PUBG. It's not Fortnite. It's not going to be 100 players. So that interests me, too, is that the lack of people on the server. So when you do f find them, who knows if they're friendly or not friendly, that's that's going to be the exciting thing because you're going to find – I don't know how rare it's going to be to run into somebody or not. We don't know how big these maps – I mean, it started to sound like the way that they're going to do the server base is going to be similar to kind of what we experienced in Sea of Thieves. Okay. And Because, like, you know, we have our map, and then we usually have about up towards to, you know, five vessels in that map. And that could be of any, ty any, any type of, of build. Like, you could have five galleons. And so you have five times four is what is 20. So, I mean, it, it sounds like it's something like around that, around that okay. kind of thing that we're going to have. And so, you know, at any given point, you know, there's going to be X amount of people around on a server. But the, what, what, what I find interesting is, is that if like, so if I join into a game with silver and silver's got silver's, she's got a base built and we join into that. Are the, are the servers going to be the question I have is are there going to be actually servers like say Arc, where you log into your own server the same server all the time, or if it's more dynamic, how are we going to do that? Because you know, is it going to be like kind of are you going to log into a game, and the game is going to populate basically like you you have a board. So if you have a base that you have pre-built last time you're on, you have that board, and when you log on. Now that board populates up, and then it doesn't. It makes sure it populates you in a place where nobody else has a base built around that area, and so it, it so it's, it it builds kind of like more off of a cloud kind of idea. Well, in the trailer, you that did see the nuclear codes, and we did yes. see that you have to collect so many nuclear codes, and then with a nuke, you can launch a nuke onto an enemy base or a random place, and then go take their loot or their resources. So in that map, you saw all the little white dots in the map. There was a lot there, man. And that just might, might be enemy camps. That might just be random buildings and stuff like that. But the map didn't look too big. I mean, it's not SOT big. You know what I'm saying? Four times the size of the Fallout 4 map. Four times the size each server is going to be? Yeah. Yep. Um, but he also mentioned private servers, which is cool because uh, we could totally start a Geekologist Silver Soul server and just own all of West Virginia. <laughs> That'd be cool. I think if you build something, though, and 
if if because they're taking off the building mechanics that they brought into Fallout 4 where you can actually build a home and build weapons to protect your home. I I think that you if you build that he says you don't lose your progress. So I think if you log back in you should have what you had. I think so. So that means that you would have that would be play more into the idea of you have to have a it it basically puts you on a server and says, "Hey, you're, we're going to load everybody up into the server, kind of like you would load up in the Sea of Thieves and have your ship in a different area. And then this person has a base, but it's it's far enough away that you can have your base and we can put you all together. And so that would be... And, and the other thing is this all sounds like it's going to rely a lot heavily on cloud gaming, which is the direction that a lot of the new systems are trying to go towards anyway. Hell, even Nintendo is working the cloud with their new... With their new uh, uh, service that they have coming out so i mean yeah a lot of questions for 76 that are not answered yet more more is going to come out before this game but the game's coming out pretty quickly so we're going to see also the beta for vault tech is providing us break it early test application he made a lot of jokes about his test servers not working properly or his games not working properly so i i love it. i glad i was very happy about his uh humor towards that and him actually uh Break, kind of breaking the fourth wall and saying, yeah, I know. Not not it always works every time. So there is going to be a beta that we, we might be able to get a chance to play. And then Soul, uh, so, sorry, Soul, Silver Soul over here, Silver, uh, also mentioned the special edition, the power uh, armor edition, which gives you a map of the world that glows in the dark, figurines, and a power armor helmet that you can put on your head. It's like a Darth Vader helmet that has the voice modulator and everything. I'm so excited for that. I'm going to have to order that. Uh, my wife's going to kill me, but, yeah, I'm definitely going to... Yeah, I have the Pip-Boy edition from Fallout 4 as well, um, and I pre-ordered I pre-ordered this. I also pre-ordered the um, Pip-Boy 2000 kit that you see in the trailer oh, really? for cool. 76. Yeah, so I spent a lot of money after E3. <laughs> One thing I want to mention about Fallout 76 is the cute little fall, uh, Vault Tech commercials they do to kind of help you along in the game. They're really funny. And they have the one where it says, you don't know if your neighbor Johnny is going to come over to your house and borrow a cup of sugar. And then the cup of sugar turns in the gun and he says, or murder. <laughs> I was like, really, guys? <laughs> that is the best humor, though. These games really do have the best. Yes. And that's a big reason that I'm a fan is they are just they're so funny while being so grisly at the same time. I, oh, man, especially New Vegas. Like you get me started on New Vegas. I will never shut up. Well, we don't have time for that, Silver. So we're going to move on the EA. And all of us, and I think the whole internet world, was smashing EA for their conference. And not a lot of things people liked. Or I didn't really care. I didn't. I kind of rushed through the EA conference. The one thing I wanted to see was Battlefield Five, and it was already released that there's going to be some type of battle royale mode. And I was excited to see what. And I got booed actually at the E3 conference, but I was actually excited to see a World War II scenario built around a battle royale and a world mm -hmm. war ii map i was excited to see that the game looks cool there's going to be a campaign mode the multiplayer mode uh, the campaign modes are going to be similar to battlefield one uh, the multiplayer is going to be similar to battlefield one that you that we all loved i loved it it's one of my i love yeah it. it's one of my favorite ea games uh, probably my favorite ea game right now and so the battle royale mode i was excited to see that it looks interesting uh, i'll hold out hope so next up we're going to Jump past Battle Five, uh, Battlefield Five. We're all excited for that. It's the best EA game I think we all of us saw. But Ubisoft is one of our favorite creators of video games. I love them so much. You know, Assassin's Creed, all that stuff. But the biggest one that came out, it was Division Two. 
And we knew Division Two was coming out. Yeah, we know the setting and everything, which was, which was huge. Yes, I love the setting. So um, I'm not as uh, well versed in the Division as these guys, mostly because I don't really do multiplayer. I'm t- I tend to be antisocial, but I love the setting for uh, the Division Two because it's uh, six, seven months after the uh, fungus was released. It's pretty much died out. But now, the the way I described it earlier is they're just dealing with the shit show that it left. It's true. You know, and you summed it up right. Yeah, that's a good sum up. And it's not it's not winter, it's summer. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to wear a coat. I can wear shorts. I can wear, show my arms, my tattoos. And I like I like that it's DC instead of New York. Which, by the way, DC in the middle of summer is the hottest, most miserable place on earth. So there's three big trailers that came out in E3. And the first one for me is Last of Us 2. The second one is Shadow of the Tomb Raider. But the third one for me was Division 2. And I, I, I don't know how to rank them. Just 1A, 1B, 1C. They're all fantastic. But showing the fall of the capital of, the, of you know, the United States of America and then trying to clean up and actually take back the capital, it was just something that I was like, yes, this is amazing. This is great. You can stand. Are, are, am I going to fight around the Lincoln Memorial? Am I going to get into the White House? I mean, I don't know how far it goes. Do we get to get into the Pentagon? I mean, all those major buildings I was thinking about, do we get to get into these things? At the end of it, they show the Capitol building. At the end yes. of the trailer, last time for the Division, what we were shown was our first base of operations. My guess is the Capitol, what my guess ah. is we're going to fight and take back the Capitol building. And that's going to become our forward, or that's going to become our our, uh, our base of operations. Which makes sense. This is coming from the Division Two uh, website itself, and this is just Division Two's Washington D.C. is a one point one of one re- representation of the real city, making the game world more authentic than ever. The game map offers up and close personal view of landmarks, natural landscapes, neighborhoods, and enemy hideouts. That's what stood out to me in the trailer was, you know, like, obviously I've been to D.C. And uh, that was I was sitting there watching. I was like, oh, my God, like this actually looks like D.C. I want to go to the mall around the train station and I want to see the soup Nazi restaurant that they have there in the the promenade. If they have that there, I'm all about it. I don't think they can because of the name and whatnot. But I mean, I'm going to that's one of the first things I'm going to look for. They did a really good job when they did recreate New York. Uh, places I played in that game I'd run around with people that are from there and they were running up they're saying hey this is my house that's really cool doing this stuff and like I was really really big like like division one I was you know I was a community guy with rogue agent radio rogue agent radio is coming back uh, you know, I, I did stuff with that. I helped out with that. I followed the bombshell jackets, the bombshell jackets on Ninja Pancake, you know, you gotta check them out. If you, all the division stuff, but I, I couldn't get enough division content. Uh, Hamish Bode, he is the uh, community uh, head of community manager for Massive and all that stuff, and the guy's just amazing. Like I, I mean, I got to play with the de- devs. I played with all, you know, I played a lot of stuff with this. This is one of those games where I deep dived into thing. Like I deep dive with Sea of Thieves. I love it. I cannot wait for this game. We already have clanmates that you know work in those buildings. The uh, first thing I said is, hey. We got people that live here. They're going to show us around how to beat the Division 2. I like the fact that they're that this game is based in Washington, D.C. I like the fact that they're doing a one-for-one ratio and showing you all the monuments. It's going to be a really cool backdrop. It's actually going to be something living behind you, and it's really going to probably 
push this game forward a lot, a lot. Just a couple things I want to mention about the game is after you beat the campaign, they mentioned that you can pick a specialized progression afterwards. Sharpshooter, a demolitionist, or a survivalist. And then you can progress those certain things the way you like to play even farther after beating the game. I like that they're actually kind of laying that out that if you want to be a demolitionist or you want to be a silent killer, you know, a sharpshooter, that they're giving you these options that you can pick and go the way of which way you like to play the game. Okay, another thing that's coming to Division 2 is raids. Raids are coming. Yes, that was such a big deal when they said that. I was like, oh my god, I'm excited. Yeah, and they said they learned a lot from the Division 1, and obviously they're listening. Well, they learned also a lot as they got most of the community from from Destiny. One more thing about Division 2, and then we're going to move on because we are pushing this past two hours. Three DLCs in one year for Division 2. So they're obviously listening. They're going to already have the three episodes coming out, and they're all going to be free. Yeah, so three DLCs in one year. They're all called episodes. Episode 1, 2, and 3. They're listening. They're bringing out the the free content. Something else that CO Thieves has brought out this year is free content, free DLCs. More games seem like they're going that way. That's amazing. Maybe after these three DLCs, and that's just part of the game, so they're calling them three DLCs. Whatever. I'm happy to get it. Maybe after that, they'll start charging you for the DLCs after that. But Division 2, I know we're all super excited from that. But next up, we have finally a game that Damien has talked about forever. Cyberpunk 2077. It's not, it's not just something that I've been super excited about. This is something that uh, Cajun. Cajun is a huge, huge fan of Cyberpunk. And CD Projekt, CD Projekt makes incredible games. They made The Witcher 3. Uh, they made that made they just make so much, such great experiences. And, you know, we've seen it teased. We've seen this stuff. We get we're, we're getting this, and they're actually getting a lot of flack right now because it's uh it's a first person game, and they're like people are like, well, we want a third person, we want this, and like they're explaining that they want you to feel the character, they want you to feel from the character and everything, but you do you're gonna get to fully customize and pick your character, figure out how you're gonna go and experience the world, and this game just you know it looks I, I love the cyberpunk kind of like genre and stuff like that, but, you know. Steampunk's awesome, yeah. but Cyberpunk is that, you know, this really feels kind of like you're going to live in the world of Blade Runner. I'm, I'm ready for it. The video, everything that I saw was like, okay, this is what I want. I am excited. I, I thought it was going to be third person, but, but first person for me, I'm cool with that. It's like I've been playing in first person RPGs. I, you know, it's That's perfectly fine with me. And it says that Cyberpunk 2077 is a first person role-playing covered-based shooter not a third-person brawler. But many writers have overlooked... Now, this is from Polygon. Many writers have overlooked how much respect CD Projekt has given to the game's original lore, a tabletop RGB first published in 1988. Cyberpunk 2020 is a brainchild of 2077. Mike Smith, an award-winning game designer. Oh, 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 yeah. No, no, yeah, I'm talking yeah, about Cyberpunk exactly. 2020. Of Mike Pondersmith, award-winning game designer of roots and board games and pen and paper RPGs. He may not have coined the word cyberpunk, but his game systems crystallized everything that has come before to create a coherent and unique vision of what a world gone cyberpunk could actually be like. So that's the RPG published in 1988, and this is what's based off. And this is an article from mm-hmm. Polygon that I'm reading from. So I'm really looking. I, I wasn't excited as it, as you were, man, but from the lore and where it's coming from, from my early childhood, and I never played the RPG game. It sounds, it sounds awesome, but... I, I'm really more excited for this than I thought I would be. It's just, this is something when we talk about games as an art, this is going to be art. I that's what I'm. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and Cyberpunk 
looks to be amazing. But another sci-fi game that just really just dominated at E3 was Anthem. A lot of people had that high on their list for their favorite trailers or favorite game trailers. Basically, with Anthem, it's just this game that uh, those of us that are big into Destiny and all that stuff, we really enjoyed Destiny. We had a lot of fun with it. We It, it opened up the world of uh, these MMO light style games for us and create a new genre and really push the open world to games to more more fans this is a game that can be played you know as a single player experience and what's interesting about anthem is that they announced something that it took elements from like destiny and stuff but when you're in the city everything in the city is single player is, is single player so that you get your own story you make your own decisions. So it takes the stuff that was amazing in Mass Effect and all that stuff and gives you your opportunity to have your own story that affects you really deeply. But then when you go out into the mission zone, that's where you go out and you have all these interactions with other players and stuff. And it's an open world, shared world place. And the fact that it's the mechs and things like that, it's third person. It looks, it looks kick ass. Like it just looks like fun. I was a huge one of my bi- biggest like Amer uh, like American kind of anime, you know, hybrid uh, shows that I was my brother and I were both major fans of was Exo Squad. I look at this as which was a which which took a lot borrowed a lot from BattleTech. I see this, and I think, oh my god, I get to play Exo Squad. Yes, I'm super excited. And before, when I said that Battlefield Five was our favorite EA game, does this? Uh, yeah. I realized this is an EA game. So when I said that, does this take place for you for Battlefield Five? Are you more excited for Anthem than you are Battlefield Five? Um, they're, they're two such totally different experiences. I want to. I, I have to say that yeah. my hype level or my excited level is the same for different reasons. Battlefield has always been my, okay. my that's been my go-to uh, shooter for tactics. I really like the the big open war. You know, being able to being able to communicate yeah, with the, so the well yeah. oiled team makes it like a like a, just a a pure war machine going through. And this anthem man, mm-hmm. anthem just looks like it's gonna be good old squad fun. All the stuff that the Destiny one like took us by storm and got us addicted to. It feels like this game is what is the next step and next evolution of that and this is coming out february 22nd on all consoles and one more game we have to talk about and i know we're running along a lot of editing to do to cut this down some and i'm excited for this game too and that's skull and bones damien but i know this is more in your area you're the pirate <laughs> okay how much are you I'm excited, excited for this because game because i learned more about it they showed stuff, so like we wanted to know, yeah. hey, is it gonna? Are we gonna get to be our own pirate? Are we gonna get to be able to be one individual? Yes and no. You have like your own tortuga, where you walk around as your captain. So that yeah. tells me you're gonna be able to design your main captain. You're gonna be able to design stuff. Now it doesn't show if this is a social space where you get to interact with other players as your own lone captain or not. Because we know when you're on your ship, you control the whole ship. You control boarding. Is not you actually going on and fighting. Boarding is you get up, you pull them in, you board, you see a cutscene. Which, that was disappointing to me. Yeah, that's a little disappointing also, actually. 
this is where the comparisons are. And it was funny because Rare, their devs went over and, like, basically a, kind of attacked, but not didn't attack. They, like, they boarded, they boarded Skull and Bones. And they went over, they got a picture with the, the devs all got pictures together. Basically, they said, hey, pirates are going to be pirates. Let's be pirates together. Let's sail together. Let, let's sail together. That's cool. And the thing yeah. is, is if you want to get the full pirate experience, you want to get in there, you want to get everything going, you're basically going to play both these games. You play both these games, you're going to have your full experience, and it's going to be an amazing experience. This game is going to be what you play if you want to be competitive. You play this game. It's a ship-based combat. It's pirate-themed multiplayer game, Skull yep. and Bones. This is an article. This is off the IMDb. It has revealed at Ubisoft's E3 2017 pro, uh, you know, press conference, which we saw. And then basically what was updated was it's built by the same team behind Assassin's Creed Black Flag, an undisputed fan favorite among the AC series, which it is. It was. It was a it, – it, yeah, it's one of my it's favorites. It's my favorite too. right now. Yeah. The bait the announcement – Rolling out the swashbuckling cinematic trailer. Well, this year when we see the trailer, we get to see more. You you get to see you designed your ship and the little schematics and things you change. You change your cannon, your your cannons up, all that stuff. You change short guns, long guns, all that stuff. All this stuff you do reinforced hull, but makes you slower. All the stuff that you're building onto your ship to customize it is going to have an effect on how you actually you know how you play your game, what role you play. But when you go into the open world, you can go in. The open world is either going to allow you to travel around and make and do complete missions, things like that, with crews. Or you also have some modes, which is 5v5 matches, which is open. It's an open exploration where you're going out and it's the first crew to find the treasure first. You know, get, you know, from the NPCs they take down and then to get out. I, I like the customization they showed in the trailer of how much you can actually put your own personality into the ship. The interesting thing about this, though, is that if you have the art book and stuff like that, if you know kind of the direction they're going, eventually when the captain ship comes in, all those things you saw are coming to see of these. Yeah. See, this, it's kind of... It's kind of between two different games. Then I no, mean, we're no. not trying to compare the two of them. I did like the battle uh, between two ships, as you mentioned before, as Assassin's Creed Black Flag. That's what it reminded me of, and it was really intense. And they used uh, special tech. Each yes, boat had like a yes. special technique it could use, and you could team up on a bigger ship if you needed to, like a war. Uh, what was it though? Uh, Man of War. Sorry, a yeah, Man of War ship. That was just such a cool little trailer they showed of i think it was like three different ships and then after they built they killed the man of war ship they you know sunk it i mean now it was like yeah. okay are we gonna fight each other now or, or are we gonna still be friendly i thought that was cool because you never know no, where you stand that's, in that's the, the world thing. it's like it's just there's definitely room for both games both games are gonna have their own and oh if yeah you're a absolutely pirate fan yeah. That was the biggest thing is people are going back and forth and then it's like the deva- the developers are saying play both games Get the best of both worlds. It's a part. They're pirate games, but they're two different games. I love. I love to see pirates coming back into the limelight because you know I haven't. Besides Sea of Thieves, I haven't played a good pirate game since Sid Meier's years ago on the original Xbox and uh, like Windows, like uh, it was like Vista or XP, one of those. Like it was a long time ago. 
Yeah, two things that I was I was glad to see. I was glad to see like the cyberpunk thing, the futuristic games like Anthem or Cyberpunk, and I was glad to see they go back in time with like you know Skull and Bones. And actually, one game we skipped over because we we're kind of going running out of time was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I know we're all excited for that. Big fans of that time frame, uh, of that realm. Uh, uh, Silver, you had a couple things you wanted to talk about uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah, uh, like of course you know longtime fan been playing you know the series since uh, they came out especially as a history major but um this one it, like with origins i know you uh-huh. haven't played it yet nick uh it takes on a little more of like an rpg aspect which is a big big draw for me and this one they even said hey we're making it more like an rpg than a normal action adventure game and i like damn near jumped out of my seat because of that i loved that about origins and i remember telling my husband when i got it uh, man, I hope they keep they keep this up and, and like you know keep this like little bit of because RPGs are you know that that's like almost all I play, and so to make it even better, they've added dialogue choices. You can choose between a male character or a female character. Uh, you can romance, and it doesn't matter like if you're playing Cassandra, you you can romance a chick, which is cool because I like to play male characters, but you know I like dudes, so I might make make him gay. You never know. So, you know, I like the romance option. I like that you can choose dialogue. And uh, I, I know, I remember the director saying um, that, you know, history is our playground. It's kind of like been the slogan for, you know, like the entirety of the series. And he's like, so now we're trying to make it more, you know, literal. Like you can go and like shape history and, um, and you know, just little things about, his, uh, you know, little history aspects that they yeah. throw in. Like, uh, I was watching gameplay during E3, and you're the grandchild of Leonidas. And, I, you know, it is, it's such a, it's a little, just a little piece. And I was just like, oh, that's awesome, you know? Do you know what timeline we're in? What time frame this is? This is longer than the grandson of Leonidas. Roman, yeah, well, yeah. That's, Three, that's a... 321 BC, I think. Okay. She's a history major, and I don't know when Leonidas was actually born, Damien, or when he was that. So thanks, buddy. Thanks for calling me out there. <laughs> well, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Spart, like Spartans. Yeah, I love the Spartans. Like I love, you know, Spartacus. Yeah, those, those all. So I like the timeline that it's in, the Roman Empire, you know. It's one of my all-time favorites. Um, uh, and actually, um, with Greece, uh, shoot, I, I'm ridiculous when it comes to, uh, like, the uh, mythology and stuff. So... Um, when they, when uh, it was teased um, in Greece, I was like, "Oh man, please, please do this!" And then they actually re- uh, revealed it, and I, I already uh, pre-ordered the Ultimate Edition, Deluxe <laughs> Edition, something like that. It comes with uh, the season pass and a steel book and all that. So, I uh, yeah, this is I actually canceled my pre-orders of Black Ops Two. And or Black Ops Four and uh, Battlefield Five, so I could get this and Red Dead in October. I think that's a smart move. I would make that yeah. exact same move. And I did the Ultimate Edition for both, so I'll get the uh, season passes and uh, extra content and stuff because these are the kind of games I'm going to spend a hundred hours on. Well, and I've been on Twitch a lot lately with uh, early access games, so shameless plug. But if you want to follow Silver's game, on, uh, Silver's games on Twitch. Um, I should be starting Detroit here pretty soon. I don't think it's a shameless plug. I think it's the perfect time to plug. Because it's at the end of the show. We were at 227, people. (laughs) All right. So with that, guys, Nick, where can we locate you? Find me at NickandPDX on Twitter, the Discord, 
will be in the description. Please jump in there. Talk about E3 stuff. Talk about Silver Souls Gaming Twitch and how she stinks at PUBG. All that stuff. It's going to be in the Discord. Excuse me. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Damian Nash, all one word. You can find me on the Facebook Geekologist page, in the Discords, at me. Tell me I suck at cooking, I guess. But, you know, I don't. I'm really good at it. <laughs> Someday you need to meet me and I'll cook for you. But don't be creepy, though. Don't come to my house. Too late. <laughs> you've, you've already Or made... do! Or do! And I will wear those George thongs for you. Mm, I'm on my way. Uh. <laughs> but with that, guys... Well, where can we find Silver? We are... Oh, she said the game. That's right. My bad. Well, I'm actually here for once, so uh, you can find me here. Um, you can find me on Twitter at... Uh, Silver Gaming USA or Silver Soul X One Zero. You can find me on Facebook under uh, Geekologist Radio or Silver Soul Gaming. You can find me on Twitch uh, on Silver's Games, and pretty much anywhere in between. And with that, everybody, this episode, we're out.